Good morning, JFW family. Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch a fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Good morning, Super Dave, Jim, and Brother Dave. Morning, Jam. Morning, everybody. What's happening, everyone? Morning. Guys, got your batteries turned on. You ready to rock and roll? <laughs> oh, but I better turn my ringer on my phone yeah, off. Me too, Dave. Good, good call. There you go. Unlike sitting there doing the podcast, getting a ding-a-ling. Ding-a-ling, ring-ring. Guys feeling patriotic this morning? Absolutely. Yeah, every, I am. Every morning. Let's kick off with the pledge. All right. I, I pledge, I pledge allegiance, allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. As a reminder, anything you hear on today's podcast is not the opinion of JFWs. It's just our opinion. Episode 69. I got great news. Anyone want to guess how many downloads it has? <laughs> I'm going to take is a it, shot. 441? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it wrong on the sheet? You, you have updated info, huh? You know what's so funny is I never, you guys usually don't have that number because I, I give you guys the outline. And it just has dashes in there, yeah. <laughs> Man, if you could guess the total downloads, I'd give you five bucks. But anyway. 26,097. <laughs> I don't five bucks. But anyway, good to see the downloads are back up. We haven't been over 400 in a little while. Um, Thanks, Rich, Rich. Rich was a good guest, <laughs> right? And I think uh, people were interested in listening, so that's yeah. great. I wonder how many uh, Garney employees listen. Yeah, I, I can wonder. guarantee you two. Right. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, him and his son, guarantee you. I bet Shelley's <laughs> so. listened or will listen. Well, she, yeah, Garney employee, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 She likes the post on jfw's page oh cool so that yeah i wonder how many barney employees <laughs> <laughs> like you, you struggled with that last week yeah i think i called it garney every time and then i just wrote barney like, you, so. you had one barney the, on the air oh, I, I caught jamming it yeah. it was so minuscule it just <sighs> you know what i mean it didn't even matter but but it it does, but it didn't. You know what I mean? I was like, thinking about Barney Rubble the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Rich, and I'm sorry, Garney in construction, but yeah. Anyway. He he ripped off some old names I hadn't heard in years, like Tierdell Construction. Yeah. yeah. Dave, and yeah. Grim Construction. Grim Construction, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's like, that's where he used to work. That's right, right Grim. Yeah. So, Brother Dave already said it. But we have 26,097 total downloads. we got one more follower, too. We're up to 163 followers. And we've had Chili before, but Chili is now, uh, they got two listens this month. Wow, so, very mm. cool. Or today, I guess that would be. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Dad Joke Challenge. Shout out to Big Country. Big Country gave myself Super Dave books. Did he give you? I didn't get a book. I got a, you a, got like a box. A box. Yeah. So, Jim, you got your coasters. Dave, you got your box. Me and Super Dave have books. Got some new dad joke books. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, oh, Big Country. Country. He's just a jokester, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He well, even gives them out. <laughs> I'll kick it off since we're such patriots here. You guys know why there are no, there are no knock-knock jokes about America? Don't knock America. I like that. That's not the answer, but that's cool. <laughs> no idea. Because freedom rings. 
That's kind of a gun pun. It does so. That is a gun pun almost, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll follow that up with, do you guys know where young trees go to learn? Mm. Mm. You got me. The barkyard, I don't know. <laughs> the barkyard, that's good. good thought, yeah. They go to elementary school. <laughs> oh. I'm about to tell that one for Don. Oh, man. Man. Well. That, go, go ahead, Super Okay, Nail. you know, uh, my wife and I were talking the other night, and uh, I can't say we were arguing, but uh, I told her she needs to em- start embracing her mistakes. So she gave you a hug? So she hugged me. <laughs> <laughs> man man that's a good one so does anybody know what the german word is for constipation i do only because i heard you tell it yesterday (laughs) (laughs) but i like it it's a good one jim far from pooping (laughs) (laughs) i like that that's good new employees we got billy rothfuss billy rothfuss how do you say that, Super Dave? Rothfuss. Billy Rothfuss. <laughs> Nick Purcell, Victor Pacheco, and Omar Reyes. Welcome to the fleet, guys. Yeah, yeah welcome. welcome, everybody. Soup, did I miss anybody? Nope. Okay. You sure didn't. Just want to make sure here. Celebrations, anniversaries. We got a double anniversary. Not only the same day, but the same year. We got Tony Martinez and Pedro Sotelo. Both started on March 2nd. So... Ah, congratulations, you guys. Happy anniversary. That was a good pair of hires on my part. They are still here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Years later. Dang, Dave, did you hurt your arm there? Like patting yourself? Yeah, I'll pat you on the back. (laughs) Doesn't happen very much. (laughs) Jumped right in there, didn't he? That was a good job job on my part. (laughs) I mean, honestly, though, wouldn't we take a Tony Martinez and a Pedro Sotelo every day? Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah, it's like the group above, the new guys up above. That's going to be the same day and the same anniversary, right? right? Yeah. So We need to look at those four and go, there's the bar, boys. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to brag. But me and Canelo have the same anniversary. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. Huh. You know, we've actually. It was a good hire, Dave. <laughs> good, buddy. good job, Dave. <laughs> Take them when you can. Technically, Dave, you hire all of them. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. good job, Dave. I wish Dave. they were all home runs, right? Yes. Right. Well, there's a pair. But yep. actually, no. there's there's four. Just Jam and Canelo and and Tony and Pedro. I, I try to stress to everybody, please. Choose JFW because you feel it would be a good fit for yourself and your goals moving forward, and uh, it's not for everybody. Yeah, Dave, you do such an amazing job explaining the job to all of these people when they call. You give them so much time on the phone, so much time in the interview, in the test drive. I'm dumbfounded, like you know, out of these these guys that are here that we just added, you know, Billy, Nick, Victor, and Omar. There was one guy that was in addition to that that started the same day they did. And the next day he, he went through orientation all day with JR. Yep. Or it was a long day, you know, when there's just a couple guys or one, JR can get through it by late morning, you know, by 11 o'clock. And when he has a big group like that, we supply lunch. And mm-hmm. I think JR finished up, I don't know, it was almost 2 o'clock. I it think was, 1.30, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yep. So that guy went through that whole class with everyone else. And then calls Dave at 4.45 in the morning the next day and says, I, I, I quit. This isn't for me. And it's like, what part 
didn't you get in the phone conversation? What part right. didn't you get in the test drive? Right. What part didn't you get, you know, in the in the culture interview? I, it confuses me, like, at what part didn't you understand what this job is about? Oh, wait, we're driving what? endums? Forget about it. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I, it makes me wonder where, you know, because I just feel like, where are we failing? Right? Yeah. It I, has to be something we're doing that we're not sharing. I, di- I, I disagree with both those comments, Jam and, and Dave's, because to me, the orientation worked. He, he got a full feel of what Dave gave him, what orientation was about, and he chose. Because how many people have we hired that are just miserable? Yeah. And they have a cancer here. And this guy stepped up and goes, no, this isn't for me. I'm not going to wait a week. I'm not going to wait two weeks. Why, why waste any more of our time? I mean, I, I think it was a good deal. I know, I know we sent a deal out that he'd quit, you know, and the only part of about it I, I found it was kind of funny was Amber put back in that little text or a little meme that we gave him pizza, and he must not have liked the pizza. There That's a, how we ran him off. Right. There, was was piece, there was a piece of pineapple on it. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 It was like the sardines on yeah, the I pizza. Mean, great, great point, Jim. I mean, better, better for him to quit before actual day one than you know it, we struggle with the guy for 90 days but still i mean we've all heard super dave it, it is he it's, gives them every piece yep. that's of my point jim you yeah. know and then it took him to get through orientation to realize oh wow this isn't for me i mean right i would have known on the first phone call like yeah oh, this doesn't guys, sound like it's for me yeah like this or by the test drive i would have all my answers or questions answered and I probably wouldn't have made it to orientation, I guess, is my part. But you're right. Better for him to quit day you know, two yeah. than 92 when we struggled with the guy for, for three exactly. months. You know? so, exactly. But Dave, Super Dave, is the, you know, I, I've said it before. I was told I used to have this sales job, and they would tell me, love the one you're with. Meaning, don't worry about the next guy until you're finished with your customer. You love the one you're with now. Then you worry about what's next. Dave's a perfect example of that. If if he's talking to somebody, they have his undivided attention. They could ask him a million questions. They will all get answered. You know, so Well, good job, Dave. Yeah. It's impressive. <laughs> Very yeah. impressive. And if Tony Martinez and Pedro wants to step their game up, just so you know, me and Canelo, we didn't do it last anniversary, but the anniversary before that, we went out on a date. So, you know. <laughs> date. <laughs> we, a, we, had, we had a sushi date. And I know. You anniversary date? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Canelo's my work wife. <laughs> 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 Birthdays, we got Rob White, March 3rd, and Jimmy Villagrana, March 4th. Happy birthday, you guys. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday, you guys. Fellas. Yep, family birthday celebrations. We got Lori Hartley, that Showtime's fiance or significant under, other her birthday <laughs> significant under. Should I edit that out? Wow. We're unfiltered. Her birthday is 3-2. And then Emilio Juarez, which is Emilio Camacho's son, his birthday is March 4th. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday, you guys. Here. Absolutely. Yep. Lots and, of little March babies. Oh, More yeah. to come, I know. And then uh, Jack's wife, Lori Domenico, she sent us a nice thank you card for her birthday gift and, and card. So thank you, Lori. Thank you for the thank you. And let's move on to shout-outs. Who's got shout-outs this morning? Um, yeah, I'll grab one since we're just talking about Lori. Um, Jack uh, Domenico 
Uh, he was on the radio the other day. It was, I don't know, Thursday or Friday last week, you know, just coming out of that cold spell there. And it was really cold in the morning. And and we were kind of, you sent out that uh, uh, paycom announcement about trying to load, you know, landing legs back, you know, take a little bit lighter load, um, you know, let's not do sand first thing if we don't have to, um, all that kind of stuff. And Jack calls in and goes, hey, I'm headed down to plant 13, Linda. I seen the announcement yep. that we're not supposed to haul sand. And he says, you know, what do you think? Or he's asking about that. And Linda's like, you know, unfortunately, plant 13 is going to want their sand. They, they, they know what they're doing down there. They time it out. And Jack was, hey, no problem. I've checked the temperature down there. It's a little bit warmer. I'm all sprayed out. Man. I got it. Man. I mean, it was just the whole conversation and the whole interaction. I mean, he checked on it for sure. You know, she told him, no, you're going to have to go ahead and do it. It was a no problem interaction. He was prepared with being sprayed down. I mean, he, che- he even checked the temperature. Yeah. And it was funny because I talked to somebody else at the end of the day. They were someplace down south dumping maybe at the school I or think the, at the firehouse fairgrounds, yeah. yeah fairgrounds or firehouse it was like 40 degrees or some ridiculous thing compared to here wow. that's how much more warmer it was wow. but yeah so shout out to jack just yep. and into dispatch you know and and all of us working together it was just a nice interaction no yep. no can't do it i take 100 jacks yeah yeah absolutely yep yep no doubt hands down Anybody else have any shout-outs, Soup? I know you got one. I do. I do. It's actually Rico Christensen's shout-out. Um, apparently, he was in the wash bay washing his truck, and he said, wow, you know, Dave, I got to give a shout-out to all those folks in the wash bay um, because they do an amazing job. You know, you're talking Rich, Josh, Lexi, Andrew, and Mario. They take care of business out there, and they do such a good job. And he, he was just saying, it is so hard to wash one of these giant trucks. <laughs> it is hard. And then to yeah. do another one and another one and another right. one, day in and day out. He said, man, they're good. Yep. So yep. shout out to all the wash crew. Yep. Nice. Thank yeah, you, guys. That's yeah, sweet. I don't know if we touch enough on on the other people. You know, I know we try to do it with the drivers, and we say about the mechanics and the wash bay, but... Dave was just telling me Rich was in, or Rich said something to you, you know, both the Daves, that you know they had a good night the other night. They knocked out 12 trucks. Wow. Yeah. And three service trucks. Yeah, and got wow. the service trucks cleaned up and just had a good night. And, and I know it, either between Josh or, or Rich and stuff, the, the spray they're using on the trailers, it holds the shine. It's you amazing. Know, through the whole, whole winter here, basically. And, nice. yeah, it's just it, – it's – we have a lot of great people, and you know, hopefully, we and I think we do. We we mention people enough, you know. Sure, try to. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. BD, any shout-outs? No, I was just doing the math on that wash bay stuff. I mean, if they could really wash twelve trucks a night, that's sixty trucks a week. Wow. You know, so I mean, that's getting that's getting this yard's trucks washed yep. every eight days. Sixty percent of the fleet yeah. in a week. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, I got a couple shout outs. Uh, let's see here. This one is from Don Keller. He says, Morning Jam. Just wanted to give a shout out to Tony Martinez. He ran my rig on Friday, got ready to start the day, and found Tony had detailed the inside of my truck, top to bottom. I want to give a shout out to Kendrick. My personal truck is in the shop. Kendrick went out of his way to pick me up and take me to work this morning. Awesome job to both. Nice. Very That's cool. Awesome. So, yeah, everything, I mean, I keep hearing about Tony Martinez, the way he's leaving these trucks. I know if I was a driver and I had some time coming up, I would talk to dispatch and be like, hey, 
Get put Tony in my truck. <laughs> <Can't put Tony. laughs> yeah, I've done yeah. that before. Yeah, uh, he called me last week, Jim, after the last podcast, and and he said he just you know loves cleaning this stuff up and and likes a clean truck and a clean pickup and stuff. And nice. you know, it's just it's just him, and he and he's got to do it. So yeah, it was a good conversation with Tony. Yeah. Sweet. And and that that stuff there with with Kendrick and Tony and you know, I, I sometimes I feel like we just say it too much, but that's how you get things across is right there is the whole JFW is, is together, yep. you know, and, and look what everybody's doing together and how much better it makes it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Patrick Gallegos. He was the first person on scene of an accident the other day getting off, I believe, at the Fry exit or um, somewhere up there. <clears throat> and there was a pickup truck rolled up on the side onto the guardrail and Patrick's jumped out and rendered aid he was the first one on scene mm-hmm. he told me it was hard because he's been in a pretty bad accident so it kind of hurt for him to have to help pull this guy out of the truck and, and wow. stuff like that so good job patrick yeah <clears throat> great job i also want to give a shout out to scooby scooby has been on this weight loss program and he came up to me this morning he's now 198 pounds you know so i think he started at ah I'm gonna make a number up. I want to say 217, but I think it was higher than that. Yeah, I think it was a little like higher, maybe Jim, 227, yeah. or yeah. I can't remember. But then he hit a plateau at like 201 or 200. He couldn't break that plateau, and he just broke it. So nice job, Scoob. Great work. And then I also want to give a shout out to Linda and Jr. for jumping in on this outline. <clears throat> I was out of the office yesterday taking care of some things, and Linda and Jr. really helped me out putting this outline together so thank you to the both of you also um ray ray with his tips and tricks so we talk about it's a family and we do it together i definitely felt like everybody helped me out yesterday and jumped in and picked up my slack so i appreciate everybody on the leadership team as well very cool yep all right let's get into this discussion here uh we kind of started talking about it but let's talk about the yard 23 fence I did send out a uh, Paycom announcement the other day about it. Jim and Dave, you guys were over there the other day, so I'll let you talk about what you saw. Yeah, you want to take it, Dave? Or Sure. Because I don't know if Quickcrete was down in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Ho- hopefully it was somebody well, else. Well, Rick runs right. out of that yard. So maybe, maybe our, our man maybe, on the street. Yeah, yeah you maybe, know. maybe our, our man in the field saw something <laughs> that we didn't. But right. yeah, I did, the, those... Uh, those photos went out, you know, Jam sent them out on, on Paycom, so everybody got them. And uh, what it is is when you leave Yard 23, you drive down Forest Street, you come to 52nd, and you either make a right or a left, right? You can't go straight. So we were down there, and when we were leaving, as we came down, I happened to spot this tire track literally like six inches from the fence. Which at- is which – is- 10 feet off the corner? Yeah. I mean, yeah. off the street? It is pretty far off the pavement. Right. And what's really goofy when you really study the photo, there's actually two tire tracks there. One, you can tell, turns right. And the other one, it actually looks like swung to the right and then went left like it but, like it, like it actually did a U-turn. Yeah, and went back possibly, to the yard. Possibly, yeah. went back to the yard. I mean, you're, that's really the way the tire track looks, right? But here's our whole point is we talk about not being in harm's way all the time or putting yourself in harm's way. That trailer was literally six inches from the corner post of the neighbor's property. 
And there is a zero reason why that should ever happen. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't mm-hmm. ever be that close to that. We should, we should always be further out on the asphalt. We should never have a trailer or even a tire track in the dirt when leaving there. I mean, how, how we cleared that big, it's called RCP, but reinforced concrete pipe, that is there a mailbox in that or a sign? I think it's, for the, I think it's for the ditch also, Dave, because that ditch runs into the big yeah, water hole. Yeah, standing on end. There's something in it. Yeah. There's either the mailbox. I think it's their sign. I think could it's be, their yard sign for, for the storage place, for the, yeah. for the Connex, the van trailers or whatever. So anyway, yeah, you know, everybody, please, please, please pay attention. Don't put yourself in that position. Leave that Leave yourself plenty of room to be away from stationary items. To have an accident there, if we truly would have hit the fence, I mean, it would just be embarrassing. It would yeah. it'd be embarrassing for us having our name on the door and especially for you to be in the seat and behind the wheel. Right. Yeah, it's just something that should never happen. Yeah. It just seems like me one of those choices, Dave, where, and I'm making it up, you know, that somebody was sitting there to go left and we just had to get past them. You know, so we hugged that wow. side and... And got up there. Yeah, that's a good and, point. And, and it's because you wonder how did it happen? Yeah, how did it? <laughs> what right, were the right? circumstances? And I'm, and I'm making that up because that's when things when you're just I gotta push. I gotta mm-hmm. get through there. I can't wait on the guy to make a left. Yeah. I'm, there's it's there's taking just, too long to wait on the you traffic. know, and you're not you know there you're not thinking of you know and that's what we try to reinforce. You, they're possibly just thinking of oh I got to get up to Fry's and then I got to get down to Morrison and then I got to do this. But they're not thinking about that right-hand turn I got to make. Yeah, you know, clearing the fence. You gotta, you gotta take everything as it's happening, not right. not what's up in front of you. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Speed, speed. Back to that yeah, speed yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've heard it before. We always say you have to stay this far away from everything, and I'm yeah. just extending my arms out like yeah. a bird right now, yeah. and that would be six feet. Yeah. You know, so six inches is. A far cry from six feet. I don't know. You got a pretty good wingspan, Jam. I think you're looking closer to seven. No. I mean, you know, fingertip to fingertip is how tall you are, right? Uh, I thought it was a, a percentage or a fraction of how tall you are. It's, pre- it's pretty it's close pretty to your height. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. So well, only we'll because to... he's a swimmer, Jam, Michael Phelps's reach is longer than he is tall. <clears throat> well... Because he's a swimmer, so if he wasn't a swimmer, <laughs> no, not because he's a swimmer. That's why he's just, such a good swimmer. All, those, exactly. all those strokes he's made, yeah. his arms are six yes. inches longer. Yeah. They flap when he has. Maybe it's all the water is making his arms go. Right? I, I don't yes. know. I thought it might have been because he had the munchies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Only between Olympics. <laughs> there you go. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Super Dave, what is a CSA score? Is there a personal CSA score, and why is it important? And this was written by Linda. Yeah, I'm surprised she she is interested in that, actually. She was trying to help us out for some topics. Yeah, good for her. It is yeah. important stuff. Uh-huh. So the way I kind of correlate it is a CSA score is a company score for okay. carriers, motor, you know, motor carriers, the PSP score is a pre-employment screening program, something that carriers and anybody, drivers, um, will look up uh, a individual commercial driver's rating. Mm. Um, and that rating for that uh, pre-employment screening program, the PSP score, is five years of crash data and three years of roadside inspection data. Um, the CSA score, which... 
correct me, Jim, because you had it, is compliance, safety, and accountability, right? Yeah. Um, that includes for the company, the company scores of like hours of service for the drivers. Um, yeah, there's several departments. Yeah, there's right five here. things, and yes. I can't remember all five Driver of them. Driver fitness, truck safety, yes. mechanical safety. Dr- drug and alcohol. Yeah, yep, drug, and, drug alcohol and alcohol. And hours of service. Yeah, hours yep. of service. Yeah, so every and, time we get pulled over for a roadside inspection, right, that gets added to your CSA. Is that yeah, correct? Our, our, the company, the company's not our, CSA. our CSA. That one infraction only goes against you, but everybody affects JFW. Right. Right. Yep. And if your score is high enough right you get a a call from dot right yeah i mean it's all it's all the baseline for any kind of audit you know like dave said the insurance company a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago what they look at what the csa looks at you know all of that stuff dave you're you're spot on it's a it's a it's a scorecard it's your report card, it's basically. Your, yeah. That's all it is, is a report card. Is our CSA score different here in Colorado than it would be if we were in Florida? No, I think that's national. Right. Yep. Well, it probably would be different <laughs> if we were in Florida. <laughs> well, yeah. Just because of what you were saying I, earlier. They, I wasn't going there, Jim, but I understand why you are. Let's go, sure. let's, <laughs> let's, let's go, go there. Let's get political. You, you don't have to carry tire chains in Florida, do you? <laughs> No, and apparently they don't do any roadside inspection. They don't do. They don't have portables. Yeah. So oh, oh. Yeah. you're either going to a port or you're not getting inspected. So pretty easy to not get inspected. Yeah, yeah. I was just. Are you? Did you? I know you covered it, Dave. You done? I didn't want to. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to bring up something that we we talk about all the time when Linda asked the question. I couldn't remember what CSA stood for. Um, and I, I mean, I knew the part was like compliance and stuff, but I, I just laughed <laughs> to myself or or uh, you know, giggled or whatever you want to call it. The last word of accountability. And, you know, accountability. We're back to that same thing. And if you're not accountable for your actions. Who is? Who is? And, and you know, on this, on the CS8 part, JFW suffers or is the end user, which if we don't have a good company score, it's affected by all the rest of the drivers. So as you, as a driver yourself, who's driving our score is the other drivers. Mm -hmm. Now, just like you guys broke it out into the five things, if you look at our safety score that JFW is responsible for as far as maintenance, we haven't had a truck out of service, knock on wood, fucking, you know, and Mikey, I mean, Mike, that, that nothing makes him sicker than to get a truck that's out of service. Right. That's the reason the shop's looking at that truck, and that's the reason we're supposed to be doing pre-trip and post-trips. That's the reason we beg drivers to do it. We yeah, beg. Right. We beg them to do their job and do it. Right. Did I mention we beg them? Absolutely. So if you look at our CSA and you're a new driver looking at coming on board with JFW, Look at what we control as far as the CSA, and then look what our drivers control as our CSA score. Just like you know, going into the port, I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm probably picking on it, but as simple as wearing your seatbelt, pulling into the port, you know, stopping at a stop sign, speeding, you know, and and then we've all talked about it. The state patrol has that where this affects your your. CSA, you don't get a ticket for it. You don't get a points oh, attributed gosh. to it. We don't get uh, a fine, but that speeding five to ten, 
or 10 to 15 or just over 15 that comes with a weight that affects our CSA. Right. And everybody goes, oh, I didn't get a ticket. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. many times has that happened, Jim? Oh, yeah. I, they didn't give me a ticket. It's yeah, like, the, well, the, the they cop, did. The cop they, was cool. He didn't give me a ticket. <laughs> yeah, they right. they wrote up the, the report, and that goes on to our CSA yeah. score. Yeah, which the driver affected, not us. So that's the reason it's so important. Back to it, to be accountable. Right. Please be accountable. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know we said it, but I just want to emphasize it. That CSA score is for JFW. That PSP score, that is your pre-employment screening plan. And what that means is anytime we hire someone, we can look at your individual PSP mm -hmm. or hence your pre-employment screening plan. And here's, here's the point I want to drive home. We have driver after driver after driver come in and they have their paperwork from when they were stopped. And, you know, here's, here's just kind of what we have happen frequently right I'm, i don't want to use the all and never and you know those finite words right so anyway frequently we have it happen that a driver got stopped you know i just got stopped for an inspection right that's what we're told and they found i don't know i'll, I'll make this up a breakout of adjustment or a light out let's go with a light out right and they say but there was no citation there's no ticket and they hand it to us and and everyone's proud of that right then you sit there and you start going through the report that the state patrolman did and it says well you were stopped for speeding one to five over which personally i think is bs you know what i mean yeah and if it doesn't have to be because have, doesn't have to be done with a radar gun right it's right just exactly. their judgment exactly yeah. jim so right there is kind of i don't know i hate to say Nit, it but nitpicky i'm going with bullshit step number one right <laughs> you know what i mean because you're going to tell me you're going to stop me because I was doing 46 and a Agreed. 45 or 41 and a 40 or, you know what I mean? I think that's, I think there's a little bit of grace there that that shouldn't be in there. But the fact is that's what you were stopped for, right? So that's in the report. So now speeding is on your PSP and it is also on our CSA. Even though you said you were just stopped for an inspection. Well, because you were speeding. Whether that's true or not, right? We can't fight that. Like Jim said, there was no radar gun put out on that. But then they go back and, I don't know, again, I'm making this up. There's a tail light that isn't working and you go, oh, I've had that problem and you tap on it and it comes on. Well, he doesn't give you a ticket for it, but he writes that. That, again, is on RCSA and also on your PSP. So even though you never got a citation on it and everyone's just so used, it's so used to having your driver's license ran, right? So you go to work at the next company and they run your driver's license and it's clean. You've been driving for a decade. You don't have one ticket on it or, or you have one where, again, making it up. I was driving to see my grandma in Michigan and when I was going through Iowa, I was going 82. I got stopped for 82 and a 75 and I got a ticket, right? We look at that and go, well, he was in his personal car, but it still goes against your 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 uh, vehicle yeah your motor vehicle right so we look at that but it's addressable right but here's the deal when we look at your psp it could have 25 things on there that tells you whether you're doing your pre-trip huh. that tells you whether you're doing your post-trip that tells you every time you got stopped you were speeding that tells you all of these little things and guess what our insurance carriers are starting to look at that you know our our 
Customers look at our CSA score, which your PSP score affects our CSA score. You know, and that's Jim's point. The more we get stopped, the more things that are counted against us, the worse our CSA score gets. So it's there's some there's some things that are that are you know they're coming around the circle, right? The circle is just being created with that PSP for the individual drivers, but it's coming around. You know that circle's about to go full circle, and they're going to implement more things. What those are, I don't know at this point, but that's the plan. They're going to complete that chain soon enough, and there will be another grade or another criteria to it. So it just just puts more pressure on us to be better. And, you know, the good news is we're giving you the tools. You have the abilities. Let's just be better. That's what we talk about every week. Love it. Yeah, and I, I think I, I, you know, what you're talking about, Dave, is, is between the things that we can look at now, it paints a clear picture of the driver. And I know you, you said if we look up on the CSA, we see the overweights, we see the scales, we see those violations. That, but this that isn't on your driver's license. Exactly. Okay, but... We can also, obviously, you look at your driver's license and how you drive in your personal vehicle, and what we've talked about many times is your driver's license might show that you're defendable or not in mm-hmm. a case, that you've had your license suspended for, I don't know, child support or you know lack of insurance and different things like that. If you're not taking care of that in your personal life, how do you take care of your business life? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you look at the CSA, and we just talked about it yesterday. That you know, the CSA is somewhat like a Facebook page. How you're acting and how you're posting and what you're saying is a good picture of of you yourself. Yeah. And I know, as you know, my daughter was a student athlete. Dave's son, uh, you know, a student athlete. And a lot of those people are looking at you know your your the Twitter, the Facebook pages, all those kind of things. What are you posting? How are Instagram. you acting? You know, are you bullying anybody? All that Instagram, all of that is a is a sign. You know, and what none of us has mentioned just now is the CSA, the PSP. How about the clearinghouse, you guys? That is a true picture of drugs and alcohol right. and now they don't i mean if you've had an infraction and you can't go down the street and get another job right if you've gotten caught you you get caught you go in the clearinghouse and you can't go get a job down the street you have to go into some kind of program so they're basically you know again i think you know as political as we we can get and what we complain about some of the government things happen because people aren't accountable and that's that's where we come to. So we've pretty much locked down the drug and alcohol use from going down the street. I'm sure there's still ways around it. Yeah, and you Super know. Dave can explain that better, not to interrupt. I don't want to break your train of thought there, Jim. But what's cool about that is what you're getting at is you used to be able to just go, oh, I can't pass that drug test. I'm going to quit here and go down the street. I'll wait a couple of days, pee clean, and be fine. Yeah. Once you're caught in that program, you have to have someone support that program, meaning a business. So if we ever have anyone here test positive – we support them in that. It takes what eighteen months to get out of that program, Dave. It just depends on the like the infraction, gotcha. the type of drug you were using. That has a lot to do with it as well. Right. Like if it was just marijuana, or if it was, um, oh, what's it called? The opioid, or a, yeah, or yeah, or yeah, the speed, meth, coke, meth, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's but, that? What's that off? Because you have to go see what's that person called, Dave, when you go to that program. The an SAP yeah. substance abuse professional, yeah. Um, but 
so what happens, what I've run into a lot is I'll get a call and I'll talk to the guy and he's like, yeah, well, um, I failed a drug test at, you know, my last employer and they let me go. And they'll tell me, oh, yeah, I've, I'm completed with my, uh, my program and I'm, I've passed my return to duty drug test. I'm good to go. You, you know, you guys can hire me. And I'm like, no, because you probably have 12 or 18 months of random drug tests to can complete before right. you are free and clear of this right. program. And uh, I am not going to take it on myself to administer that because it's a pain in the neck. Yeah, yeah. I've got to make a calendar. I've got to call you on the days. We have to bring your truck off the road for you to go, you know, complete that drug right. test. And, and it's, I'm not going to deal with it because you can't stay off drugs. Yeah, and it's back to the same thing too, Dave, because I can just hear it. If you set that up, if you agree to that, which I know we're not going to do that, they're going to look right at you. If you happen to miss telling them that they need to go in for a random, they're going to go, oh, he didn't tell me about it, or they missed telling me. No, be accountable. Right. That was your drug infraction. You make sure you go take those. If it was yeah. set up, if we're helping, you yeah. know, be... And so what they do, what they can do or have to do is they have to have a third-party administrator TPA, TPA, yep. do the, um, the randoms for them over that period of time. And that costs money. Right, mm-hmm. they don't do it for free. Yeah, and uh, basically, if you have lost your job and you're still going through that substance abuse program, you're not going to be driving a truck for 18 months. Right, until you are because you finished need a, with that. You need a company to complete that process. Right, you need and to most be companies like company. JFW, they don't want any part of that. Right, you know, um, and and like you mentioned, Jim, years ago. You could fail a drug test, or maybe you mentioned it, Dave, but let's just say you failed a drug test at, you know, company A, and all they have to do is go down to company B and not list that other company. Exactly. They wouldn't even put them down on their yep. pre-employment yep. Um, history. Yep. So. And then you, and then you got to come back around, and I, and I know we said that, okay, you fail in the clearinghouse because, like, we send you the drug testing, you test hot, and you don't report it. You can go down to Joe Blow's trucking company that's not participating in the clearinghouse <laughs> and get a job driving. But otherwise, if you go to any good company that's participating in this and doing the right thing, you you will never drive again. I want to make that clear. You can't drive a truck. Yeah, and I, you, you know they actually uh, cancel your license. Um, talking with Kevin, our drug drug testing guy at Drug Techs, if you do not follow up with that, like you failed a drug test and you don't get enrolled and you don't log that because you have to go online into the Clearinghouse webpage, if you just blow that off, they cancel your CDL. Huh, no, I hadn't, I hadn't and, heard that part. And any company that's not participating in the Clearinghouse just isn't doing business right. No, it's, no, they're, it's not they're, an option. It's no, the it's law, not. Yeah, it's the right? law. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's it's what like I was leading you, up to. Yeah, you don't have a choice. You're supposed to be participating in it because it's the law. Right. Yeah. They're if they're doing that wrong, they're doing something oh, else boy. wrong. Yeah. And that's not the company. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When we have it, because the clearinghouse, this is year two. You had last year, right, Dave? Last year was pretty much the year. Or is this year three? Yeah. Almost. September. Uh, you know they 21, started it. it? It was a long time yeah, ago. Sep- I want to say it was 2020. I believe yeah. that. And yeah. uh, nobody really did anything about it for quite a while. Right. And then uh, it, it, it kind of slapped everybody on their butt because people weren't 
They yeah. were not participating, right. and um, they didn't have all their employees registered. And um, what what kind of bit us in the butt was I, all of the new people we were hiring were all involved, and you know you run their pre employment drug test through the through the clearinghouse and everything, but it's all our old guys. You know, that had been here for 10 years. Right. That they, you know, I mean, sure, we're doing randoms and stuff, but they were not registered. And they're like, what do you mean? What's this clearinghouse thing? Exactly. How do I get in? Why do I need to do this? They would try to get in (laughs) on their phone and they hadn't had, they didn't have a password. They didn't have their driver's license in there. And it was kind of tough to get everybody registered. Right. It was, uh, it was a process. But when we have someone show up here today, and fill out an application. They're like, "What's the clearinghouse?" Oh, everybody knows and, now, Dave. Everybody. I mean, you just had somebody on the phone this week, Dave, that didn't. You had to help them register. Or last week, there was somebody, and you, they were like, "That guy didn't know about the clearinghouse." It was Stingray. Uh, what was <laughs> no, that, Dave? I'm, I'm, no, I'm I remember that. Was that the clearinghouse, or that was? Uh, I sure thought it was the clearinghouse, but I, you know, mm, I listen. To, I listen to you talk to people all day long. <laughs> I to think about like, that, Dave. I'm not going to tell you. I listen about. intently, right? <laughs> And I want to I want to touch if we don't get you know love to get on that soapbox or go down the the rabbit hole here though, but everything we're talking about here, you guys, this is how other companies get around this is they make you a ten ninety nine employee yeah oh and yeah. and they call you an independent contractor, which the definition of an independent contractor you don't meet any of the requirements. But they don't have to have insurance on you. They don't have to have workman's comp. They don't have to report you to the CSA. They don't have to do anything. But the the meaning of an independent contractor is that you can go work anyplace else. You're not required just to work for them. When you're an independent contractor for one company, you're no longer an independent contractor. You're an employee. It's just you're doing it illegal. They're doing it illegal. Yeah. Our people that lease trucks to us they're an independent contractor because they can go pull a load for Bob. They can pull a load for Joe. They're not under a contract. We're not their only person they work for. Yeah, and they own the truck. And they own the truck. When you go yeah. to work for someone that owns ten trucks, yeah. and they ten ninety nine you. Yeah, that's not. That's a, you're not an independent <laughs> contractor, and it's it. They'll yeah. they'll start to close that gap yeah. too. But they do it specifically so they don't have to follow the rules. They don't have to have a workman's comp. You can get hurt on the truck, and you're. You're done. You're done. You don't I mean, have how to. How much money would not paying workmen's come oh save my God, us a year, Dave. Jim? Well, how about just the health insurance? I know you right? don't have to, but you have to offer some kind of right. health insurance. But right. yeah, the workman's comp, all that stuff. It's yeah. just, Work comp and health insurance are almost the same thing when you're injured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they are. And so. And you have no coverage. Right. Yeah. Have right. no, have yeah. no coverage. So with that person, you have none. Yeah, yeah. Now, if I understand it correctly, even if you have, you're a small business with one employee, don't you have to provide them a 401k now? I don't know if it's one, but definitely 10. Yeah, yes, no, yeah. you. I think you're right yeah. because that's the law that the state's offering. Yes. Right. If you don't have any program, you need to participate in the state program. Huh. Jam, I think that yeah. comes out 2024. Is, isn't that what you want, Jam, is the state to save your money? <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to my wife about that yesterday because – my paycheck has a lot of taxes taken out of it, and hers didn't. So, like, I, I did our taxes, put me in. I'm like, woohoo, we're getting a lot of money back, right? But hers in, and I'm like, oh, we're not really. <laughs> so, she, you know, so I was explaining it to her. I was like, it's actually good. Why should we, you know, 
I'd rather get a small refund at the end of the year, yeah. knowing yeah. that we've had all of our money. Right. You know, yeah. we want to save money. We save money. Yes. You know, we're not. We shouldn't rely on the government for a savings program. You know right. What I mean, so yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. We already do that. It's called Social Security. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People don't realize that, but right. uh, you know, my whole closing argument is about our government, which I, I hate to get political, <laughs> but man, it is. I just had a whole hour Zoom meeting yesterday. No on. closing thoughts for you, David. I know. No, I mean, <laughs> he even called it his closing arguments. He made your final thoughts. Yeah, yeah. closing arguments, Jam. It's rough, buddy. It's rough. Yeah. Well, yeah, mine will be so. uplifting. So. And we, <laughs> we, Super Dave was just telling us, I might have the figures a little off, but he just talked to a guy, or maybe we hired him, Dave, that was working for somebody as an independent contractor, 1099, and he's like, I just can't do that anymore because he owed like $8,000 when he did his income tax. Yep. He owed like $8,000 from, from the year before, from right, the year Jim? before <laughs> yes. that he hadn't paid yet. And it's, he said, without staying on top of it, it's just, it's too hard, yeah. you know? And yeah. like most everybody, when you're, you're living to your means, you know, and you're getting 1099 and you're like, oh, look at all this cash, you know, but you're not putting something away for taxes. Yeah. You know, you really have to, yeah, you got to be on the ball. Yeah, you yeah. got to be yeah. accountable. You, you know, <laughs> you're, you're making 25 bucks an hour under the table with no taxes, no anything That's taken out. That's good money, Dave. That's good money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until. So, Until the end of the year, you got to pay those taxes. Yeah. If you do your taxes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Getting back to being accountable and, and CSA scores and roadside inspections, Super Dave, how do we prepare for a roadside DOT inspection, and what do you do during the inspection? All I can tell you is how I used to prepare. Perfect. And if I knew I was going west and I was going to have to go through the port, um, or if I was coming down the hill and I knew that the scales were set up at I-70 in Kipling, I would do my pre-trip like literally right before I leave the pit. I mean, uh -huh. I would double-check my brake clearances. I would double-check, you know, all of the things that you look for, brake lines rubbing. I would go underneath the trailer make sure all the little clips are in place so none of my brake lines were touching. Um, all those little things are, I mean, it's like, all about doing your job that we we talk about day in and day out but i just loved when i would pull into an inspection point and i would get inspected and they'd say good job you're on your way i mean it, to me that was like a win-win right um but but i also i wouldn't just drive for you know a week and think gee i'm going through the port today i hope all my brakes are in adjustment and I wouldn't do that. I right. would check and make sure that they were beforehand. Sure. Nice. And if you're doing your pre-trip, your post-trip, if you're staying up on it a week, really what you just did, Dave, is is nothing. You don't have to adjust all your brakes. You're just checking them. You don't have to put all the pieces back in your airlines. You don't have to pull the stuff off the, the deck plate. You don't have to go through your paperwork and go, oh, I found something expired. You're just checking it so you're ready. You know, it's not like it's so out of place that, oh, you know, a phone call and go, hey, I don't have any registration for my trailer. Uh, well, how long has that been? Oh, it's always been like that. <laughs> it was like well, I've that been driving this truck for two years. Yep. Yeah. It was like that when I got it. Was it was like that when yeah. I got it. Never yeah. had one and it still doesn't. The yeah. famous line. It was like that when I got it. If I lived in Florida and I was preparing for a roadside <laughs> inspection, I would break out my map and look for an alternate route. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Next on Linda's list here. This is Linda's outline again. Entering tickets in Axon, it's how you are paid. This needs to be complete at the end of every day, not the following day or the day after. 
So apparently we're still having problems with that. I mean, we keep beating this one into the ground, but we need to keep talking about it. At the end of the day, your paperwork needs to be complete. I mean, the job's not done until that's done. And uh, if it's delayed, your your paycheck could be delayed. Well, you'll get your paycheck, but maybe that ticket's not on there. Yeah. But how does JFW get paid? We need that ticket to be entered so we could get paid. Yeah. By you not doing your job, it affects a lot of things. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's a domino effect, huh? Yeah, you talk about that, Jam. One of the guy, one of the new guys or, or new people that Super Dave just hired or we brought on, I'm pretty sure maybe it was his first day, second day, he came upstairs yesterday or the day before and, and got with Joanne, and then Joanne had to come in and get Ann. But it was funny. He, he walked in the room with Joanne there, and Amber, and he's like, hey, I've screwed up all my tickets. And Joanne was like, oh, my God, your first day, you know, joking with him. You <laughs> messed up all your tickets and all that stuff. And it was and it was such a great interaction. And, you know, Joanne told him how to fix them. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And 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 he got with Ann. And Ann said, oh, it doesn't matter what order you put them in. You know, just do this with the duplicates because it's, it's marked on there. If you, run, if you run into a duplicate, add a J to stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the ticket number, to get past that. But again, that's that, that's like that interaction between Jack and, and Linda this week is here's a brand new guy going, hey, uh, he's being accountable for his tickets. Here's Joanne and, and Ann. They're ready to help. Simple fixed. And it's done. And it's done that day. Right. right. And, and somebody is here every day till probably six o'clock every day that can fix that. Yep. Just stop by the office. You know, just just say something and. And we'll get it fixed. We'll get it handled. And and then you learn from it. I'm sure yeah. that guy won't. I, I wish I knew who the person's name was, but he won't have any more problem with his tickets, probably. And if he does, he'll go address e- it. Easy his. fix. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. Remember, you got a lot of people supporting you here. We all know that our job is driver support. So come see us. Let us support you. And Jim already mentioned it on the duplicate ticket errors. You need another. You need to add another J. If you get a duplicate ticket error, you know, and you put the ticket number in there with one J, just go in there and use another J. Make it a double J. That'll get that ticket to go through. Yep. Yep. Just means that ticket number with the J has already been used, but it hasn't been used with two Js. Nope. All right. PPE review. That's personal protective equipment review. What is required, especially with the summer coming up? Going into the pits, as a reminder, no shorts at most pits and plants. Or if you're going to wear shorts, make sure you have a pants and a pair of pants in the yeah. truck with you. Yep. If you wanted to wear shorts and you're just going about your day and you're comfortable in shorts, great. But what happens when you break down in a pit or a plant and they're under their own set of rules and regulations, we got to follow those rules. So you're going to have to throw a pair of pants on. They could be joggers or sweatpants or... You know, jeans, whatever you want. Quitters. 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 Yep. I call it giving up. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, a hard hat, a safety vest is required in the pits and the plants. And then... uh, Eye protection. Eye protection. Yeah, yeah. Some of them will even call you out on gloves. Maybe have a pair of gloves in the truck, which you should have gloves anyway. Yeah. Yeah, steel-toe boots. I mean, the whole whole thing is there, and we we run on that line because it's... You know, it's hard to drive yeah. in big boots with steel toes and that kind of stuff. I mean, I love wearing my tennis shoes. Right. It's always been my thing. But I was also ready, if I needed to, that I could be out in the pit. I had that. Yeah, and let's know? face it. If you're dumping at a plant and you get out of your truck and you have your hard hat on and your safety vest and you're in pants, 
no one's probably going to call you out. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. If they're there and inspecting at a pit, if Emshaw is there or something to that fact, you know, you may get yelled at for not having some type of glasses on, you know, but I, back in the day, I never had safety glasses. I just had sunglasses. And mm-hmm. You just put them on and you look the part, right? Yep. I mean, I happen to wear boots. They're not steel toe, but they're very comfortable shoes that look like boots. No one comes up and checks whether I have steel toe. You they know, I mean, they don't hit you with a sledgehammer. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, look the part and you're probably the part, right? It's yep. like the old saying looks fake. like a fish, smells like a fish. It's probably a fish. Fake it right? till you make it. Absolutely. Nice. What is MSHA? And why do we need to do Part 46 training? And do we really need to do Part 46 training? <laughs> Those are all good questions, Jim. <laughs> no, that's been, that, that's been brought up a couple different times. I know we've had Dale. We had, and I think we're about to have George do yes. the Part 46. So the Part 46 is a, is a mine training that you must do if you're working in a, in a mine um, or, or pit. I have the definition right quick here i'll I'll read you guys um part 46 regulates the training and retraining of miners engaged in shell dredging or employed of sand and gravel surface stone uh clay uh phosphate surface limestone marble granite sandstone slate shale that kind of stuff that kind of operation uh mine pit anything like that basically what you guys are hauling in and out and when they ask about the part 46 so if you're working there on site, you have to be uh, Part 46 trained, which is an eight-hour new miner uh, training course, which, like I said, Dale's been through it. Um, I think George is about to take it. But part of that that we get asked or comes up is uh, a commercial over-the-road truck driver or even uh, you know us also local um, is required to have a site-specific hazard awareness training. That's when we go in and out the pits. That's what you guys are getting is, is a site-specific. It is part of the 46 um, training that affords operators the discretion to tailor a site-specific hazard awareness training to the unique operations and conditions at their mine site. So I don't know. I, we asked somebody the other day. I think it was Ray Davis. When we used to go up to Morrison, you'd get to the stop sign, and at the stop sign, your site-specific was all the traffic direction changed to left hand from right hand, and you had to know that. That was a site-specific um, plan for them, and you needed to know that, right, you guys? So that's what your site-specific, when you go in and, and train, you know, take it pretty seriously because there might be that one key that, hey, past the stop, stop sign, traffic direction changes. And, and Morrison, sometimes it was kind of spooky because one of the ukes coming down the oh hill, boy. you know, loaded to dump in the, in the grizzly there, it was like, oh, shit, you going to stop? You going to stop? And right. am I on the right side? And, you know, sometimes, like always, sometimes you're just like, well, I don't drive on the left hand. It, it's the habit. Right. I, uh, Here's a little trivia. Right? You, right. You're on know, the right. Do you know the purpose of left hand traffic? Nope. Oh, I, I do, Dave. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> go go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so it's a really narrow road up there at Morrison, and you do have to share it with 200-ton ukes, uh, you know, haul trucks. And the whole purpose was if that haul truck lost his brakes or had an emergency coming down the hill, and you're on the left-hand side of the road rather than the right-hand side of the road, you wouldn't have a head-on collision with that driver's side of your cab. Gotcha. It would be the gotcha. passenger side of the cab that that haul truck would hit. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 
Wouldn't be the first of the accident, right, Dave? <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> so, yeah, that's anyway, that's just a, about the part 46 and reason we're required to do the site specific. Yep. Awesome. And MSHA is the Mine Safety Health Administration. Yep. Yep. Which is self funded. You know, government. we want to get to your government thing. How do they stay in business? Because they they're self funded, they find you. If they and show up, they will find you. They <laughs> will find that's, something. That's, yeah. How they stay in business. Yeah. It's like you, you you want paid for all your loads, they get want paid for all their inspections. Yep. Ah. So it's self-funded, but the state requires it? Or the A fed, federal? federal? Yeah, but that's how they stay in business is they're self-funded by finding ah. infractions. Gotcha. But so it is a government organization. Yes. Self okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense. Work zone safety. What do we need to do in a work zone? Slow down. I like to slow down. Speed kills. Slow right? down. Just pretend your wife and kid I, were out there waving that flag. Yeah. Just making a joke, but it's like Stingray, isn't it? Drive fast and take chances. Oh, yeah. yeah. Close your eyes and send it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, next on Linda's list is health and wellness. I don't mind speaking about that. Take care of your bodies. It'll take care of your mind. It's, it's tough. I know, especially as a driver, if you drove all day, you know, and you get home. It's probably not really appealing to go to a gym or something like that, but maybe grab your wife and kid and go for a walk or something. It's hard, but it's also hard to be obese, and it's also hard to have health issues later down the road. So try to eat a little bit healthier and uh, be a little bit more active. Get out of the truck. Walk around the truck. You know, Take a stretching break, stuff like that. Yeah, the, the health part of a gym is kind of like you know, being in the 401K you tell a young person about it right. and you're like, Oh, get in that 401k, get in that 401k and you know, or, or take care of yourself and watch what you do. <clears throat> a lot of that doesn't count when you're young. Cause you, I got a lot of life in front of me. I, I can save stuff. I got bills, you know, or, you know, you can eat the donuts and don't change, you know, your weight the next I'll, day. And, I'll do it later. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, when you get older, all that counts so much more. So just a little advice for the young people. You know, jump in that savings account, invest in something, save your money, take care of yourself, eat well. Invest you know, I, I look at a donut and I gain weight. Invest, so. invest in your health, absolutely. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if I said choose your heart to you guys, do you know what that means? Nope. Pick your heart. Well, I could get sexual, but I'm going to skip that. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Wink, wink. <clears throat> so going to the gym is hard, but having health problems later in life is hard. Saving money now is hard, but being broke later when you're old is hard. Everything's hard. Just pick your heart, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, that, that's, and, and things are so usually simple. You just you don't you don't make them simple, or you don't think about it. It's hard to do that habit as right. like stretching every day. Right. You know, into your later years, that's going to be so important. Nice. That is so easy, but it's hard to do that habit. Yep. You know, absolutely. That's why I'm impressed with Scooby right now. I've seen Scooby pass up on cake. I've seen Scooby pass up on sweets. Yep. I've witnessed him lose this weight, and it's all because of consistency and dedication and, and being devoted to it. Yeah, when you talked about him earlier, I was going to mention, Jam, that you know when you got to that plateau and then he buckled down just a little bit more, he was already doing the hard work. Right. He just needed to just a little bit more, and he broke that plateau. Right. And that's the, that's, the, that's the impressive thing because so many times – all of us plateau on different things in life. Absolutely. And, 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 it, and it's hard. You're already struggling, and you got it. Oh, now I got to do more? You right. want me to do more? Right. You know, and, but it has to be done. Yeah. Yep. I want to throw in there before we finish this topic, <clears throat> I just got a text from the shop about how to engage your PTO. I guess we've got, you know. Just put it in Paycom. 
just put it in Paycom? No, no. <laughs> Your PTO? <laughs> okay. Dad's joke. The power takeoff? Right? That's not even a gun pun. That was good, Jim. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so paid time off versus power takeoff. Take oh, oh, oh. I see. Yes. We need the power takeoff unit, how to engage on the truck discussion. So, you know, we were to the point we had almost all of them similar and now we've got some some different programming, some different things in place. So I'm I'm sure I will get corrected on this because I'll say this is how you do it, and I'll get somebody that we have five trucks that know you engage it this way. But I think it's pretty safe to say, and I, I think with this is an absolute. You're about <laughs> yeah, to tell us it absolute. is. It's an absolute right yeah. now. This is how you do it. No questions asked. <laughs> if you don't do it like this, it won't work. No, not true, you guys. I'm sure there's some exceptions out there, but I think the last 15 Kenworths that we got. And I'm not sure about the five Pete's because I think they have different programming than the last 15 uh, Kenworths. It's my understanding to engage those PTOs when you come to a stop, leave the truck in gear, and engage the PTO. Then put it in neutral. And the purpose for that is that that transmission is still spinning. Mm. So when it's in gear, it's not spinning. If it's in neutral, it's spinning. So if you just hit the PTO switch... It doesn't know, and it tries to engage, and it's going to grind and then engage or just sit there and grind and may not engage. I've, I've seen several different scenarios of that, right? We've some old trucks that way before even programming was involved, you could just flip that, and it just went and engaged instantly. Yeah. It worked flawless. Yeah, it was kind of a test if, you, yeah. if it wasn't going. Yeah, others yeah. you had to push in the clutch and be sure the clutch brake was working. Otherwise, you got that slow grinding engage sound, you know, and all sorts of different things here. Point being is... We have several different versions of trucks, right? We have Freightliners, we have Kenworths, we have Peterbilts. They all have some different programming, no matter how hard we've tried to program them the same. If you are not familiar with how the clutch or the the PTO should engage, please ask someone. If you're new to that truck, I know we've got some trucks down and people driving different trucks. Or, you know, for some of the new people that are starting, if you don't know how, please ask. I'm pretty sure the Freightliners are opposite what I just explained because I think when you flip their switch, the computer says, hey, we need to engage the PTO, and it actually takes, I'm making it up, like five seconds, which feels like an eternity, because it actually senses that, hey, we need the PTO, I need to push in the clutch. It pushes in the clutch and engages the PTO, Mm -hmm. and it won't do it in drive. But again, I could be wrong. These aren't absolutes. Point being to this whole conversation is, please learn how you should engage the PTO on your truck. So... Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. The so shop, it, shop so, just brought it to our attention. So it works for you, for yes. one thing, and you're not causing unnecessary damage. Absolutely. You know, and I was going to joke with you, Dave, because you, you started to say clutch on that one thing, you know, and I'm like, you know, well, we don't have clutches, you know, all that, but you have to think of that transmission still got a clutch in it. It still has st- a clutch. Still, like we've talked about it, pulling into the pit and just sitting there with it in gear, you're actually holding the clutch inside the transmission in correct you know and sitting there and you wouldn't do that if you were driving a manual yeah the minute you, know? you stopped you'd put it in neutral and yep. kick, let that clutch pedal yep. out right so yep. do that with your truck the minute you stop put it in neutral and and sit yep. there and same thing when you're leaving in you know and a little bit different if you're empty i understand that and at a light let's let's look at your vehicle but how many guys um somebody just said that again was it ray i know ray brings a lot of stuff to us in conversation but being loaded and letting the truck start out and forth. 
and thinking it's going to know to drop down to third or second. You know, if you're in the sand, you're loading in the pit, switch it to manual. Put it in first. Put it in second. I don't know what the, the best gear is. You know, you might, you might it look a little soft. Lock in the power, power divider. divider. Be successful at pulling away from that pile. Absolutely. So think of all those stuff. And, and definitely, I mean, I, I think everybody should gear down um, at a stop sign and everything loaded. Oh, I mean, it shouldn't, oh, 100%. We just shouldn't be taking off in third or fourth. When you take off and the cab bounces, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're in too high a gear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I always love that, you know, you get the guys beside you that leave the lights and, you know, they, they're slipping the clutch. They start out and then they, they grab the next one and not so much loaded but empty. And then the airbags stand clear off the frame. Yeah. You know, and then it comes back down and settles back down, and you're just and like. And then the next gear, the airbags come clear off the frame. Yeah. Yeah. The first just, four gears of that truck, you're watching that happen, and you're like, you look like a professional doing yeah. that. Yeah, and it's so hard when you've when you've had to work on them or repair them over the years, Dave, because your U joints and drive lines oh, and airbags, you know, airbags and the input shafts and the transmissions and carrier bearings yeah. and clutches and oh my god, uh-huh. and it's just yeah goes on and on crazy next on the list is a dave ramsey money segment linda says she will donate 10 dave ramsey books for anyone who's interested if you don't know who dave ramsey is or what book she's talking about dave ramsey's actual uh, he's a christian finance guy he's a real estate mogul um he has something called financial peace university and the name of the book that linda is referencing reference referencing is a total money makeover. Okay? Nice. I read the book. It talks about, you know, how to get out of debt, uh, the snowball effect, and it's it's a good book. It'll help you. So yeah, I love the snowball effect. Yeah, I mean, it's so if you're buckled it down, it works. Yeah, but I, sorry, Jam, I did I interrupted you. I didn't mean to. I'm, I was just I'm I was offended. just gonna. You know, it's one of those things when we talk about the Navajo stick. I'm just thinking, you know, there's there's your personal health, you know, and then there's that financial health. Right. You know, you got to take care of yourself. If you, no matter how well you take care of yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself financially, it, it's a struggle. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. And how awesome is Linda? Is she a what is it? A philanthropist? Is she a philanthropist? She, don- I, she gives, don- gives donates money. Yeah. 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 She's yeah. The first. She's always donating. I yeah. mean, the first person to say, yep. I'll help out is her. I've yeah. witnessed it. I've witnessed her run to the ATM. Yep. You know, so yeah, big, big heart on Linda. So, yeah, if you're interested, and if you want to know a little bit about the snowball effect, we'll give you a little teaser. So let's say you owe $5,000 on a credit card, $10,000 on a credit card, and $15,000 on a credit card. You or got on a car. Cards. Or on a car, right? So the one you own five thousand dollars on, let's say your payments one hundred fifty bucks a month. The next one's like three hundred fifty bucks a month, and the next one's like six hundred bucks a month. Some people will be like, "Oh, I need to knock out the big one first. Let me let me try to knock out that big payment first, because then the little ones will be easier." If you want to be successful, you'll knock out the one with the $150 payment first because then you could take that money and you put it towards the next biggest credit card. Once that one's paid off, you could take that money and put it towards a big one. One, you're going to... Hence the term snowball, so everyone understands. Hence the term snowball, yeah. yeah. One, it's going to make you feel more successful because you're actually gaining traction. And two, it just just works. Yeah. Yeah, and you you were without that money in the first place, Jim, because you were making all three payments. Exactly. And then, and then to knock that all three of them out in half the time yes. basically is is so important. Yep. yep. It's not easy, but the book also no. talks about getting your house paid off. 
I think his one of his quotes is, you know, a paid off home loan is a new BMW in the driveway. Like people rather, you know, have their their mortgages paid off completely than have a fancy car. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. He, so. One of the biggest things he teaches is how to live within your means. Yeah, because that's the problem. Yeah. Oh, you want to buy a car? How much is a car payment? Okay, so it's you know five hundred bucks a month. Cool. Save five five hundred bucks a month till you can pay cash for that car. Right. Yeah. Right. So. All right, let's get into the safety topics of the week by J.R. Sands. He actually did uh, two little pieces here. One, he gave us the uh, Samsara safety stats for the month of February. So the month of February, a fleet safety score was a 91. The previous score was 92. So we went down by one point. The top three safety risk factors in February was speeding, majority was moderate speeding, 5 to 10 miles over the limit again, distracted driving, total of 5 inattentive driving and 27 mobile usage events, and then collision risk, 101 total following two close events, less than one second of following distance, and not recognizing it in time before the camera had to alert the driver, which is 60 seconds. I thought it was 30, but I'll review that with JR here. I want to jump in there, Jam, because that one that one is near and dear to my heart. And I guess the reason I want to jump in there on it is we need to create a discussion amongst the steering committee, the leadership team, all of our employees, everything. What should you be following or, or what should your following distance time-wise be? Should be four seconds right. at 50, under 55 miles an hour. Every 10 miles per hour over 55, you should increase by one second. Correct. Yep. So let's let's just say you're running 65. You should have five, five seconds, seconds, right? Yep. The majority of all of our infractions here, the major, <clears throat> the bulk of them, are all following too close, and we're only recording those at one second. Right. I. It's disgusting. My, yeah. Here's the discussion. My vote. If I got to vote, we need to double that. It needs to be two seconds mm-hmm. minimum. And that's just to make you a better driver, yep. period. And and the people that are having problems or struggling with that, it is going to become evident. Mm-hmm. And those are people that they're going to have an accident, yep. and it's going to cost on our CSA and your PSP. And and it could be it could cost way more than that. We I, all know what accidents cost. We've yep. talked about it many times. But I guess in my heart, we've had this system a year now. We've just bragged and bragged and bragged up and down one side and up down the other how it's made us proactive well we're only proactive if we do something with it right now we are doing bare minimum we're doing the least we can and i I guess just i'm just opening the table of discussion man i my vote is if 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 this came up it should be changed to a two-second notification. So, Well, we, we talked about it, though, Dave, and we said we wouldn't do this in first, and you just said it. We've been in here a year. Is this now becomes part of the safety bonus, right? the quarterly safety bonus. Right. We introduce it that way because we're asking them here to put away the shopping cart. I'm going to go right back to that. Nobody's making them put the shopping cart up. No, You said we're doing the bare minimum. Nobody's making them do this. Yes. You make it part of the safety, your your quarterly bonus, we have to make it. Yeah, right. Because also something you're touching on here, Dave, is we've had, what what you, 27 mobile usage events. So we're following too close 
with the, the phone and distracted it, with her phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, and I've told you this before, out of all these safety things, like somebody's driving fast and they got space. I mean, you guys might not like to hear this, but that don't freak me out so much because you got space, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In the Smith's driving system, they don't talk about speed at all. They don't talk about a speed limit because it's all about space cushion, right? right? It's not to say you should speed, but the following too close, to me, it's just, it's disrespectful, to me, it is just disgusting. If you, and I've said it, and I mean it, if you're following my wife and kid down the highway less than one second away from them, I want to fight you. <laughs> I do. I do. And, <laughs> like, it's just, you're putting my family's life at risk because you're in such a rush, you can't, but you're not going anywhere. It's just gross. And when I see people in big trucks doing it, you know, I always, even Bella, she knows. I'm like, look at this. Oh, that's too close, Dad. Yeah, it's gross. If I was at Walmart and you were pushing on me like that with your shopping cart, I would turn around and be like, "Can you give me some space?" Right. But people just don't go around me. Yeah, just go. Yeah, just yeah. What's what's the deal? Yeah, the cereal's down the aisle. Exactly. Just go around yeah. me. Yeah. But it, you know, when you talk about that, that you wouldn't want to hear it, Jammins. About the most I drive as far as long distance, unless I take a trip, is to run up to Nebraska to Ogallala, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and out on 76, there's not much traffic. And you can get out, you know, past, let's say, Fort uh, Morgan there, you know, and it pretty well thins out. But if I got a guy that passes me at 80, 85 miles an hour, I'm going to run with him, <laughs> but I'm not going to push him. Right. I'm, I'm going to drop off so I don't bug that guy right. and let him be a little bit of cop bait. Well, but, that's bear bait. Bear bait right? Really? I'm, I'm bear bait. But I'm going <laughs> to run with him, and he doesn't ever change. He doesn't get upset because I'm yeah. not pushing him. Yeah. Why do I have to push him? I'm going to yeah. run with him a quarter mile behind him. Exactly. exactly. Right? Yeah. Bear, right? bait, bear bait needs a little bit of a lead. Yeah. Otherwise, you are also going to be eating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're going to be the second snack. <laughs> right. yeah. Hence the term bait. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so anyway, it would be... I, I would really love to know what everyone would think of, of bumping that to two seconds yeah. just to be better. It, it would be – it's well, just huge. You know what I mean? I mean, I I agree, you know, because there, there'll be a lot more alerts. You know yeah. what I mean? There'll be a lot more. And we can't get 101 events at yeah. one second, you know? It's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but let's do it. I guess that's the scary part. We still have 101, and we are at the bare minimum. Right, right. We're not at the bare. bare min- we're not at the bare minimum. We're at one second. The bare minimum is four seconds, like we said. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're not even at the bare we're, minimum. We're, we're at the bare max. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Just, well, how do you, how else do you say that? I don't know how else to say it. I mean, we're doing I, the least we can do. <laughs> I have a way to say it. I mean, we're at the asshole mode. Right? Yeah. If you're one second away from somebody or less, you're an asshole. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> well, you're looking at the, the guys. You're looking at the guys, right? <laughs> the persons. So here's some here's some good news, though. All right, here's the top 15 safe drivers on Samsara. The first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. No, take him off. Six. The first five people will all have a hundred. Double O seventy nine Potter. Double O one John Moore. Double O no. Uh, no number here, but Napa Signano, I think he's in 10? No, 10. I was going to say 14, 14 or 15, but 14, I, I, 15, I honestly don't know because I always screw up what Rob White's it's, in. So. It's Rob's 14, so he's 15. Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, Troy Holmes, 
this guy he's only been here for two days tracy holloway he's part-time but he he does smile so great job guys by the way all these names were in the top 10 the, for the last month before too pretty mm -hmm. sure the next group of people are all at 99 I, jam I, I gotta interrupt you i know you skipped him and i understand why you skipped him but i think it's pertinent there's two names on here that are brand new drivers uh, Nick Purcell, it was just his second day here yesterday, and then Tim Garcia has been here one week. They both have 100, and I guess I understand why you skipped it because it's not fair, right? They haven't driven the miles. They haven't done anything compared to what we're doing. My point to naming them is they're brand new here, and they're driving right. So so it's, yeah. it's a double-edged sword, right? I understand why you didn't announce them, but this right. is why I want to announce them because they got 100. Right. Right? Yeah, they might have drove 50 miles, though. So. Well, they did did fifty miles right. They, they did it hundred percent. Right. They didn't drive like an asshole. Right. There you go. <laughs> Let's see the next group of drivers, and I cross one off, but I'm gonna add him because <laughs> he did it right for one day or two days. I can't pronounce his name, but anyway, these drivers all have a ninety-nine. Teddy Hernandez, Herb Turner, Edwin Ramirez, Russ Murphy, Don Keller, Mike Bortz, Rob White, and Billy R. That's what I'm going to call him. Nice. Nice. Yep. You, you know, I, I have him circled here, but you know what's special about Don Keller and Mike Bortz having 99s? They're trainers? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely, man. So yep. they're... Yeah. Well, yep. I guess the, the Samsara traces their face, right? So mm -hmm. when their trainee is driving, it, do, it doesn't go against them. All yep. right. All right. I'll, I'll take that. I'll retract that. But Sorry. No, don't retract it because how many trainers we do we have, Super Dave? 15. They should all be the top 15. <laughs> There's a, that's kind of a little bit so of a shot. Right? I've yeah. got a question for you, though, Jam. If, yeah. if Nick Purcell was here just two days, Samsara recognizes his face already? Or JR's putting it manually. Mm. Yeah. That's probably it. Yep. So in the green, 90, a score of 90 or above, we had 77 drivers. Seven less than last month. Ooh. What what ha what happened? Wah, wah, last wah. month, as in January, right? Or last month, as in did we? Because it's today's the first. Right. I'm just asking. February had seven less. These are all February stats. Okay. So okay. Less than January. Seven less than January. Yep. Huh. In the yellow, we had eighty to eighty-nine. Well, that's a score of eighty to eighty-nine. We had twenty-five drivers, which is six up. From the last month. That's because the seven, seven fell. dropped down, right? <laughs> well, it has to be because the next one goes the wrong direction. Right. In the red, less than, in, less than or equal to a 79, we had nine drivers, six up from last month. There you go. I mean, no, that's not good, Jim. That's, right. te that's terrible. Oh, because the other six three, fell in it? We had three in January, and now we have nine in February in the red, less than a 79. Does that make sense? No. Okay. So last in January we had three drivers out of a score less than seventy nine. In February we have nine drivers with a score less so than seventy nine. We're getting worse. Oh, I got you. Six got more you. drivers yep. not doing it very gotcha. well. Gotcha. Yep. The risk factors in the red this month are speeding, moderate five to ten miles an hour, ten to five to ten miles per hour over, following too close, forty five events, distracted there's a, there's driving. There's the big one. There's yep. the big one, right? Yep. Distracted driving, 14 events. Rolling stops, five events, and that means you're rolling through a stop sign. Ooh, but, and, and, and finish that sentence. But over five miles an hour. If you did right. it under five miles an hour, you wouldn't even be on the list. Right. 
And then horse driving, which is brakes and turns, one event. Driving the truck like a car, not a truck. So does it? did we not put it, or it doesn't show it, Jim? Speeding, that's not how many events. It's just moderate, moderate yeah. or severe. You don't know how many events cause, cause a severe? Not in the red. I, I don't have that data. I could try to get it from JR later. Okay. So I, I want to back up to stop signs right quick because yep. it's, it's funny. Over the years, according to our CSA score, we've had a handful of tickets when you get off of I-70 at Fry's Exit. I call it Fry's Exit, but right there at, at, the, at the bottom of uh, Floyd Hill to go to the quarry, there's a stop sign there. Right across the street, the state patrol just loves to sit there or to the right where they're a little tougher to see because guess what? They know trucks don't stop there. We've had I don't know how many tickets over the years not stopping there. Stop. A stop sign is meant to stop. That means your wheels are not turning, right? Yep. Another place, leaving fair play. We've actually had... Oh, yeah gotten state patrol to ticket us call us and go hey you know we just monitor like 10 of your trucks pulling out of here none of them are stopping at the stop sign why why that's your job that's your profession that's what you need to do for a living stop at those stop signs yep especially with an automatic transmission dave right (laughs) you don't even have to shift all those gears how much easier can it be down right yeah Yeah. how much easier can it be by the way uh, I just realized that accident that uh, Patrick Eagles witnessed, it wasn't at the fry exit. It was at the port. It was getting off at the port is where that pickup truck oh, wow. rolled into the guardrail. Wow. Yeah. So little correction. Instead of correcting it next week. <laughs> All right. The next deal we got is the safety tips. Excuse me. Man, I am struggling today. Speed, weights, and brakes? Because I didn't write the, rest, the outline. rest of JR's outline. <laughs> yeah, the safety topic of the week is speed, weights, and brakes. Somebody else want to read it so I don't butcher it? <laughs> <laughs> I can read it. Great. Yeah. So JR sent this to help us out. Uh, with spring and summer just around the corner, that beautiful orb we see rise in the east every morning, which we call the sun, is now rising the mercury levels, melting all the snow, and thawing out the ground. We've mentioned a few times about not driving on the shoulder or any soft ground as to not get the truck stuck, but let's not forget, people are coming out of hibernation as well as driving on our roads, causing more traffic and more hazards we have to watch for, to include motorcyclists, pedestrians, people walking their dogs, all sorts of stuff. Work is also beginning to pick up pace, and soon enough we'll be crying mercy on the orders we'll have to fill for our customers. Can't wait. LOL. With that being said, we need to focus on our speeds, weights, and brake usage. All three of these play hand-in-hand and are affected not only by our methods of usage, but also the heat and sun producers here as well. Keep an eye on your speeds everywhere, everywhere we haul to or pick up at. Be mindful of others around us and be a professional. No one here's name is Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. It's not time to shake and bake, and neither are we NASCAR race car drivers. Although I'm sure many of us would like to do that. Use your signal lights before merging and look twice before doing so, checking all your mirrors, back window, curb mirror, and if you run with no air in your chair, make an effort to lean up and look over the dash, the passenger door sills, Turn, on the, turn the signal lights off after both truck and trailer have fully established the lane you merged into. We always say speed kills. Couple that with 80 to 92,000 pound loads and hot brakes, and it's a recipe for danger and disaster. Weights. 
We all know we earn our paychecks by hauling weight. Remember that you can still earn a great living here at JFW by doing the right thing hauling legal. Just as reminders of policies, no more than 80,000 pounds to Aurora Plant 12. Do not get on any any portion of an interstate if your gross weight is more than 85,000 pounds. Only on non-restricted secondary roads and also absolutely no hauls of gross weights over 92,000 pounds. We've been doing great and so far everyone has been doing a good job of coming down Genesee and Floyd Hill at 45 miles per hour as all trucks should empty or loaded. I have to emphasize that empty or loaded. It does not matter. Empty or loaded. You have to be under 45 miles an hour to come down those. I'd like to mention that we have added another or other truck speed zones that others are not deemed as high risk areas for truck speeds. Turkey Creek Canyon, Crow Hill going into Bailey, Glenwood Canyon, and other truck speed zones indicated by truck speed limit signs. Brakes. As professional truck drivers, we should be driving our equipment as trucks and not as cars. Empty or loaded, we have mentioned using our engine brakes as much as possible, not only to preserve our brake pads, discs, but also keep them cooled off and ready for an emergency brake application or whenever you, whenever you critically need them such as before blowing through a red light on Highway 85. Or running a stop sign. Yeah, or running a stop sign. Speed is a factor here usually, and it's usually someone in the left lane going as fast as they can to get to the pits or plants. That's because they all jacked up on Mountain Dew, right? (laughs) I think Mountain Dew is an old school (laughs) jacked up. I'm all jacked up on monsters. Right? Yeah, monsters. Beans. The rains. Bangs. But that blackberry vanilla bang, I mean... Oh, I told man. my wife this morning, so, sorry, no, no coffee. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's Bang. all good. So uh, we can also tell when a uh, we can also tell who's been overheating the brakes a lot when you all race to the yard entrances and the brakes are squealing, trying to come to a stop and slow for the entrance. Our suggestion is just slow down. Be mindful of our neighbors. And instead of speeding down our streets, relax and let the truck engine brake and transmission do its job and slow the truck for you. I do want to clarify, you know, some people don't understand once those brakes have been hot, those, the, you know, the few trailers we have left with brake drums or the, the disc rotors, they get glazed. The pads get glazed. And, you know, Jim and I and Super Dave, we've called it for 30 years now, trash truck brakes. If you ever hear a trash truck come in your neighborhood and they just screech to a stop, you're like, ah, they got their brakes hot. Well, they did it because they're stopping every 35 feet in front of each home, right? right? They're they're on the brake as much as they're on the gas, right? They gas, they brake. They gas, they brake. They gas, they brake, right? So their brakes get hot. They get glazed, all of that. We should never, ever have a truck with glazed brakes. If we did, you don't know how to come down the hill. You've overused your brakes. They've been hot. Your all of your rotors are glazed now. All of your brake pads are glazed yeah. now, and that sound you, that sound won't go away. Until right? They change yeah, and, and until you get new brakes. Until you get new brakes, it and it's, sucks. It, yeah. it to yeah. me, it's like a uh, a cautionary tale of of I, I, I don't, being a rookie. It's like rookie rings on a tire. Yeah. You look and see who's drugged their tires down a curb because they've stopped somewhere, and you're like, ah, rookie rings. When I hear that coming to the yard, that's like ah. That, I don't even call that rookie brakes. That's just I look at someone and go, oh, they don't know how to drive. drive. And keep that in mind. If you're using somebody else's trucks, don't get their brakes hot. 
Right. Because now they got to suffer for the next how many thousands of miles listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to mention, though, Dave, and correct me if I'm wrong, though, we're running all discs. Right. I mean, if you've glazed a set of discs and you have trash truck brakes on discs because they don't they don't chatter as much, but they squeal. Oh, buddy, you you are you are even worse of a driver than the drivers that we had that were making trash truck brakes out of a padded truck. <laughs> right? You're you're if you if you're making that truck with all discs sound like that, you're the worst of the worst. Yeah. There yeah. there is no raising up. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's bad. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, you know what's happening here, though. It's because the brakes work so good; they they're just they're buzzing dri- down that street. It's at driving 50 it like miles, a car, Dave. 50 yeah, miles that's an the hour, problem. and then braking at yeah. way too short a distance, putting those brakes, you know, in like ninety five percent of their capacity to get slowed down for the turn. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so Dave. Because 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 it, it will do it, and it but, doesn't smell. Yeah, right, right. You know, before it used to smell the high hell when when you do that. Yeah, loaded. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I wanted to mention, Dave, because we we talk about the glazing, and I was trying to think of where the word glazing would come from. How does that? How does that? You know, in the real word, what, what does that? What does that look like? What does that mean? And all I can come up with is I don't know if anybody's done any pottering or you talk about even tile floors or anything. They get a glazing put on them when you glaze your pot you fire it and you glaze it and you put a shiny hard coating on that on tile on your pottery whatever and it's usually slick and smooth right and what process does it take to do that you got to heat it in the kiln got to get it hot so right? the only way to do that is to get it hot the yep. only way heat is created in those brakes is friction because you're overusing those brakes and yep. like dave said you're driving it like a car and it's capable of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like it. Because we're trying to do it for the, safety. Yeah, it's showing you the results that your brakes squeal, and you're that guy. You know, I mean, that's the problem. You've, you've now become that guy. So if you care about your, your career and your professionalism, and no matter where you go, how no your equipment where you go. is taken care of, that's something you should key on. You know, and we talk about coming down Genesee and Floyd Hill and all of that, and my goal when I drive is to never use my brakes. Yeah, that's when I have cool. to stop. I don't want to use my brake pedal. That's my whole goal. That and and the engine brakes we have today versus you know ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty five, thirty years ago, they are phenomenal. They are so strong, it is ridiculous. So I mean, we literally have equipment that you can come down the hill and not touch your brakes. When I say come down the hill, you can load up fries. Come all the way down through those 45 mile an hour zones. You may need to do 42, 43, and not touch your brake. You could probably upshift a gear, hold it a little closer to that 45 mile an hour, and have to touch your brakes here and there. But someone who's getting their brakes hot coming down I 70, they're just in top gear and they're just rolling and they're using the brakes to hold themselves at 45. They're not using the engine and transmission to hold themselves at 45. So yeah, the the thing about the brakes now, when you say talk about, you know, you try to not use your brake, Dave. The only time you need to use your brake is when you take the transmission and tell it, "I want to stop the urge to move." Yeah, right. Because I've come to the light. Yeah. I mean, think about how you used it with a stick. You guys, Super Dave Jam. You guys all used to jake down to a light, and as far as you could, and then maybe slip it into neutral. Or slip it in your, you know, the next gear you're going to need to leave, yeah. right? And push in the clutch, and the truck just kind of rolls to a stop. And you've, ne- you've like you said, yeah. you never t- 
touch the brake. Plus, you're in the gear to leave with. Right. You know, you're not going to take it and rack it in gear and the truck shakes side by side when the, the right. light turns green. Right. Where you've seen, you know, the guy beside you do it, right? <laughs> Super Dave's laughing over here because you, you just, how many times have we seen somebody pull cringe, that? Oh, my it? God. Pull that truck into gear. Yeah. Ah, man. Yep. Yeah. Faux show. Was that all of it? Oh, yeah, it did. Those, that was everything those are great. JR. Yeah, yeah, great, JR. Yeah, Thank you, awesome buddy. Stuff, well, buddy. Well put, well spoken. Yes. Yeah, the whole bit. Funny. Yeah, yeah funny, yeah. Yeah, a little Talladega <laughs> Nights in little there. Ricky Bobby. Yeah, Ricky Bobby. Time <laughs> yep. to shake and bake. Yep. Man, I'm, lo- I'm looking over these tips and tricks from Ray Davis, and some of it, uh, I think we need to edit it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he pulling punches no just some of it's just kind of like you're gonna need gloves and a rag and a towel i mean you need a rag but. <laughs> <laughs> well i i i glanced at it but i, I can't lie to it you it sounds like assembly instructions <laughs> you know yeah it's like for somebody who's never popped the hood open and checked the oil but let's go through it i will or is there a volunteer? Yeah, he's, I mean, just <laughs> scanning it, you know, like you said, he, he set it up for the virgin yeah. to, to do this. Which no not, pun intended, because no. this, this could be taken a lot of different ways. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to put your glove on. Yeah. And you're going oh, to pull the dipstick out of the tube. <laughs> All right, moving on to questions for me. around the edges of it first. Yeah. Yes, guide the dipstick back in the tube. <laughs> Moving on to questions from the audience. <laughs> Ray, we thank you for your tips and tricks on how to check your oil. Yep. Jim, yeah, are there some things we can just touch on? Yeah, right? so tips and tricks from Ray Davis. Let me adjust my gain here. Fully reinsert the dipstick. <laughs> the object of this is to see how much oil is in the crankcase. So should be, the vehicle should be on level ground. The engine must be stopped, not running for a good five to ten minutes. That's great advice. If you have been running the truck... This will allow the oil that's been dispersed throughout the engine to drain back into the oil pan or oil sump. It takes five or ten minutes for the oil to get back in the pan. Next, you want to make sure there's no dirt around the dipstick tube. You pull your dipstick, you wipe it off, you put it back in the dipstick tube, you pull it out. That's going to give you your oil level. I do like this tip. I prefer not to add any oil until the oil is down to or just below the ad line. So, you know, if it's a quarter of the way from the top of the full to the ad line. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's in a normal range. Yeah, if it's in the center of the is. hash marks, right. that's it's normal fine. Yeah. operating yes. range. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, if it gets down to the ad mark on our big trucks, that's a gallon. Yes. You need yep. to add a gallon of oil. Yes. On your car, that's a quart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why it's good to wait because you know exactly G- how much to put in. Yeah. You wait till the ad. Yeah, gen- yeah. generally. Generally. generally yeah. You know? yeah. And we've talked about this before over the years. We have trucks that, to keep it at the full, full line, that truck will burn that oil. Right. It's it's grabbing the, right. when I say extra oil, it just doesn't like that maximum limit. Right. Yeah, it might and slap it, grabs it with it the crank and, or yeah, something. Yeah, and, and uses it. that oil. Yeah, right. But if you let it get down to the, to the yeah, half yeah. or quarter right. it'll mark, stay in, there. it'll sit there for 10,000 miles or 15,000 miles. And yeah. it's, you know, you're not having to constantly put oil in it. It's, right. it's more of a monitor thing. So, yeah. right? Yep. I mean, that's all I got for checking oil. And uh, Ray... Were you going to say something, Jim? I, I just was the, the last bit of it because I don't know if we've had it lately, but 
um, you know, he said fully seat the dipstick back in there because it'll splash oil out. You know, right. make sure you get it pushed in. And I know I've I've walked up and the it's half hanging out of yeah. an engine before. You know, so that that's an important tip. You know, make sure it's all the way back in, even though it's what it sounds like. Yep. And um, <laughs> no, sorry, I was interrupting. No, you. just Go on ahead. put it all the way back in. Yeah, but hope this helps and and uh, sets the bar. Uh, and to get, I mean, he finished it up there, jam together, be better. It's all things we do in life. Yeah, one thing that's I, not mentioned here is how often we should check the oil. Every day. Not once a week, not once a month? I'll check mine every day. I do too, Jim. Yeah. I never on, check on my a big oil. <laughs> never change it either. Never. Yeah. Right. Hey, one thing I absolutely love is the way that Ray finished Finishes. up. Yep. Yeah. Right. Much love and respect. Absolutely. And that's right. something that Ray brings every day. Yeah. Um, he just, that's it. He believes it. He feels it. He lives it. Yeah. He loves just, it. The just, last sentence that you guys read already. Hope this helps set the bar and mm-hmm. together be better at all things we do in life. Bam. Yeah. And he, he just by... I mean, we didn't ask him to do this. No. Yeah. You know, he's been sending this in. Yeah. He he respects every one of us and is trying to get us a tip to be better. Yep. I mean, how can you... How he's can engaged. You yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So engaged, he actually has a question that everybody's dying to know. So questions from the audience by Ray Davis. Is there a date scheduled to break ground at Yard 23? Thought we broke ground already. <laughs> Broke our that back. was bread. We broke bread there. <laughs> oh, broke, gotcha. Broke backs, gotcha. broke bread. <laughs> Had some lunches. Broke, broke some equipment. Yeah, we're, we're just going over <laughs> building. Broke, broke the scale. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're just going over building design and layout of the property. So, Yeah, I, we broke it over there, didn't we? I think maybe by the end of the week we'll have a design that the, the company is going to bring to Commerce City and see what hoops we need to jump through. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in that whole process, just for the guys listening and to help Ray, you know, breaking ground anymore, that, that's a that's a huge event. You know, you got the guys out there with the gold shovels. I was going to say, are we going to paint a shovel gold and it, cut a ribbon and everything? Yeah, and the Can ribbon and stuff. And I, I don't I don't want to belittle that event because I, I understand the question. And like, you, like we said, that that's a big event. But getting it through the cities or the county. It's a bigger event. That's a groundbreaking event. Yeah. And that's where we're about yeah. to do is take the yeah. stuff to the city and go, okay, what's all going to be the problems? And you get through that, and that's a that should be celebrated, not yeah. the not the groundbreaking. Right. So that's where we're headed into, and then we can we can put dates together. Right. We yeah. can make building progress. So yeah, good question. Great. And and basically not soon enough. Oh, that's yeah. like always. Not. I mean, soon if we enough. could break ground tomorrow, if it was our yeah. choice, we would. Yeah. I'll go over there with a shovel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Final thoughts, everybody? Did we get I through th- all that, Jim? Yeah, I Is think we're going to be under the two hours, so it'll get on YouTube. Yeah, I've been trying to. I don't know. My final thoughts is a page and a quarter. Maybe I should lead here. So we're going to do a high road hauling today? Oh, never mind. High road hauling. <laughs> I hope so, because I. You, you know what happened is I, I deleted it off one outline, and now it's just not there. So I need to get that added back in there. So, yes. Mm. Hi, Road Holland. <laughs> this one is near and dear to everyone's hearts um, with what's going on in the world today. And uh, I think everybody will really appreciate this piece. Um, the title of it is, Why Does Freedom Matter? Mm. What if I told you that some people were better than others? I don't mean better at tennis or better at singing or better at math. I mean a better breed of person. Entitled by nature to exercise authority over you. 
Hmm. I'm guessing you would reject that claim and possibly even find it insulting. I would join you in rejecting it. And that's one of the ways to understand freedom and its importance. When the 18th century thinkers said things like, we are naturally free and equal, this is what they had in mind. If no one is naturally entitled to power over me, then I'm naturally free. Being free in this sense is important because it means that power relations can only be justified consensually. When someone else says, you must obey me and submit to my authority, or I will harm you, it's right for you to notice that this is unwarranted aggression. This happens all over the world. This very belief is why some dictatorships came into existence in the first place. Large and powerful enough groups believed that this was the way that they should govern and it was necessary. It assures law and order. It assures clean streets and parks, jobs, safety, health, etc. But is there happiness without freedom? Maybe so, but only because the people have never known freedom. If people wish to live under a dictatorship, that is their choice. But what about people who have no choice, who dictator, dictators deprive of any freedom with the force of their guns? We do have a right to say, or excuse me, do we have a right to say that Burmese or Chinese rulers or those of any other non-democratic country should free their people and democratize? That's up in the air, right? Um, Many people, such as North Koreans, maybe would not change the rule because it makes them feel a part of the greater whole, makes them feel safe because decisions are made for them. The thing is, people who live without personal or governance freedoms are not asked if they want freedoms. They're forced to live without and face the threat of imprisonment, bodily harm, or death. Nearly every country on earth has a point in the history where its people did not have various types of freedoms. Slavery, oppression, racism all still exist today. Unfortunately, it is not only in poor and uneducated populations either. These things are everywhere you care to look. In the Western tradition of freedom, these freedoms can be defined as your civil and political rights, including your freedom of speech, religion, and association. Not only to forget your freedom to bear arms, I'm sorry, not, not to forget your freedom to bear arms and your right to vote for your leaders. And since 1941, when FDR declared we have four human rights, speech, religion, and freedom from want and fear, these and many other others are part of an international bill of rights adopted by the United Nations General Assembly in 1966. In effect, these human rights defined what many mean by democratic freedom. Your freedom of thought, expression, religion, association is basic, as are the secret ballot, periodic elections, and the right to representation. In short, these rights say that you have a right to be free. This is the social order that arises from the peaceful interaction of free people. Freedom is important because it allows us to be ourselves and to work together while maintaining autonomy. Freedom is important because it's the opposite, excuse me, because its opposite is detrimental to our well-being and inconsistent with our nature as a nation. And the quote this week is one of my favorite of all time. Uh, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. 
or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States when men were free. Mm. Wow, that's you know, awesome. Do you know who Dave. said that? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Very Man. Very good. That's got me all choked up. Yeah, you worked on that one for a while, Dave. I know you yeah. talked to me a month ago that you were putting one together on freedom. Good job, man. Yeah, it's that it's, was that was phenomenal. Yeah. Can't. I would yeah. like a copy of that if you could email me the PDF, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? If you're interested, that yeah, was, that's, let me know. That was a good one, Dave. Yeah. Our freedoms. We forget about our freedoms. You know, I'm I'm gonna jump right in there. Bam, get it right. Just because I mean, I'm. I hate to get political, but man, we are. Our freedoms are being strained right now because of politics. And my final thoughts, I'm just I'm getting really tired of what political game our businesses and our lives have become. Never before has our industry been under such attack as it is right now. I'm sorry to point the fingers at the far left, but the far left is painting our livelihood into a corner. From the beginning of January for the first 120 days of each new year, so let's say until the first week of May or so, our current Democratic-governed Senate creates and puts into law everything you can imagine. It's not true. We don't get a vote on it. We don't vote on what goes into law. Right. They, they make what they deem necessary. They vote upon it because that's who we voted as our elected officials, and they create whatever laws they want. It does not matter. So this is where many personal agendas come into play. I'm here to tell you today that the agenda is green, green, green. Everything, everywhere. Trust me when I say this. I want clean water. I want clean air just as much as all the greenies do. Probably even more so, right? I want it just as much as the next person. But at what sacrifice are we all willing to make and create this dreamt up agenda that is virtually killing our industry? The next time your truck is broke down on the side of the road due to an emissions fault, take a minute and try and understand. The trucking industry has been pushed beyond the envelope. What I mean by this is the fact that our trucks have been forced into technology that has not had the time to be fully tested and integrated. It amazes me that we can have a red light come on on the dash and we literally have 10 minutes or less sometimes to get off the road and wait for help. Or even less. If we key the truck off, it may not come back on, or it may restrict us to five miles per hour to get somewhere. Yet you're sitting there out of service in a truck from our fleet that has an average age of less than 30 months old. Right? That's just amazing to me. Yet a truck from 1970 can pass you pouring black smoke out of the exhaust to beat the band, hauling loads five days a week and never stop one time for a check engine light. I ask you, how is this fair? Our government has learned how to control us rather than listen to us, especially in the time of need like right now. Why couldn't someone allow us 12 hours to deal with an emissions fault so we can at least get back to the yard? Mikey has had to send mechanics and he himself has had to go as far as Kansas with our laptop to trick a truck into running because of emissions codes and there is no other way to get him back home other than to simply tow the truck. If you simply had 12 hours allowed with an emissions fault so we could get somewhere or back to the yard, wouldn't that be better? We're not going to burn a hole in the ozone from one truck that would be allowed to run 12 hours when you can't even see any type of smoke out of our exhaust. Even when there's a check engine light on, I defy you to say any one of you have seen our trucks smoke. 
If you have, guess what? Something is broken and we know it and we are having you bring the truck to the yard for repairs. The days of engine failures are almost gone with our industry due to technology created over decades of creation. But think of all the times we're broke down and it's clearly an emissions fault. Almost every day we have 30 emissions faults on our fleet. Almost every day that, number one, either they're just a bogus fault or it's something that is minuscule or something that we shouldn't be affected by and we're having to deal with it or work on it or spend hours in the shop working on it, whatever the case may be. So Now I just learned yesterday that our industry is under further attack from a bill being proposed on improving air qualities that if passed down could trickle to every construction site you can dream up. This would affect every production facility you can imagine and possibly down to paving crews placing asphalt or concrete. We are under attack and being scrutinized by every person with an idea that is becoming that industry is bad business. That's right, I said it. There are people out there that straight away think industry is bad business. Yet they live in some type of structure or work in some type of structure that was created from everything we touch as a trucking company. Asphalt, concrete, rock, cement, sand, gypsum, and so many other things you can think of. We are at a point people need to remember the legislators are supposed to hear our voice and work for us, the people, the masses. The only way we can remind them who we are is to vote. I'm sorry for getting political, but it's getting thrown in our faces more than ever, and it's to the point our industry is starting to be choked by the things being put in our own way by our own government at a time when they should be helping us, not hurting us. Mm. I urge you all to talk to everyone you know and help explain that our industry is not bad, that our trucks alone, just our trucks alone, emit cleaner air out of the exhaust pipe today mm -hmm. than you can breathe in California. Wow. I'll say that again. Our trucks alone emit cleaner air than you can breathe in California today. That's crazy. And yet we are continually being bashed. When the circles we run in for elected officials are not voted into the state capitol, we do not have a choice. We do not have a vote. Our house, and more importantly, yours, is at risk if we don't start focusing on political change soon. I feel bad ending my thoughts on the low road, as we say around here. We like to stay on the high road. But we need to start talking about the lives we know and have because of our freedoms, which ties this to your deal by, by pure coincidence, Dave, but because of the freedoms we used to have that are under attack. Tell people how good our industry has been to your family and how it provides for you and has given you a good living. Life is good, and we need to be able to live it not be so restricted that we can't even make a living. America, especially Colorado, are among the cleanest states and countries in the world. The focus needs to start being put on third world countries that can't afford what we have been forced to do here in America. That is where the bigger problem lies. So my apologies. Try and have a great day, everyone. Peace out. like it. I think, Dave, I have to... <clears throat> We, we have a gap between Dave's High Road Holland and the freedoms that we are allotted and the gaps that and the, and the place you're talking about. And what, what, and you can correct me, Dave, 
the the decisions our governments are making may not be affecting the freedoms that Dave is talking about in his high road hauling, but they will at some point because if they eliminate us or they eliminate the Brannons, the Ready Mixes, the other companies, you won't have a choice to go get where you want to get your product. You won't be able to go, hey, I don't like the way this company did it. I'm going to go over here because it's going to be controlled by the government. And we're trying to stop that slow decay of losing our other freedoms here. You know, it's like you mentioned, Dave, they've taken away your freedom to finish your day out and in, in work because of pollution. You know, that's what they've started to affect. Okay, I, I have four hours to get someplace or it's derated. I can't go anyplace. What about your living? What if, what if we weren't a company that pays you the difference from from right. you working all day long to hey you just the government just told you your truck's derated and I can't do anything about it. What if we took that stance? Right. So I think there has to be there has to be that level of yes, we still have our freedoms, but they're starting to decay. And unless we get involved or you get involved, they'll continue to decay. Um, so yeah, that that would be just as much as we do when we talk about it, Dave, that there's that there's that space about, oh, everything's okay, but it's not. It's not. You know, it's not, and we have to we have to look farther down the road. It's like taking care of your health if you're a young guy. You know, we America might have been around a long time, but we still have to look at our future and and where we're headed and and our health of that future. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, just go into your final thoughts, Jim. Yeah, yeah, Jim. <clears throat> I just uh, picked something easy. There was there was fifteen of them uh, I ran across, but um, how to just be a, a a better person or a better individual? And I, I think I've done something, you know, uh, along these lines before. I know Dave's how high road Holland touches on all this, and the the number one thing here is you know think before you speak. We I don't know, maybe we've explained it before, but there was a tradition in the, in the Navajo Nation that if you speak quickly or respond quickly or you don't let the person finish, it was very rude. And they have what they had, they called or we learned called a Navajo stick. And as long as you had the stick, that's how they, they taught or you understood that that person was speaking. They had the floor, you could talk. And, and we do it with a football, but I, I think that's... You know, think before you speak is, you know, let somebody finish. That's one of the things. And also just think before you speak. Take that second. It's, again, speed kills. Speed kill is going to kill that, the situation you're in if you speak too too quickly. So um, uh, it says here, I, I like it, it says, words carry a lot of weight, you know, and we carry a lot of weight here, you know, every day. Um, embrace change. Uh, change helps us grow as individuals. You know, I, I think of everything that you just talked about, Dave, and that's change, and it, it promotes growth, but where are we growing? You know, I think we have to look at that. That's a, that's a statement that bothers me a little bit. Is growth always good, you know, or is it, is it I don't know, embracing change is hard. I mean, our motto is to be better. Yeah. Right. But at what cost? Right. 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 I mean, we, we can't, we're choking industry out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 
where does our water come from? Where does our toilet water go? I mean, you know, we had, you know, Rich from Garney on here last weekend talking about that stuff. And where can an asphalt plant be allowed to stay anymore? Where, you know, the CMEX is under attack up in, again. Up in Lyons. <laughs> again. You, yeah. you know, and it's like, <clears throat> do people just not, where do those places go? Right. Right. The reason that's there is because it's sitting on top of a natural resource that, that you know, that is being almost stripped from them. You know, and, and it's so funny, these, I don't want to say cities, I don't want to say entities or people, right? CMEX actually went to the city of Boulder and said, hey, we can go 100% electricity free. We have enough property here. We want to put in our own solar panels. We won't need any electricity from the city of Boulder. We just need your approval to put in these solar panels. And the city of Boulder looked at him and said, oh, no, 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 that's not going to look nice. We don't want that look in Boulder, not in Boulder County. Because we're the plains. We want to see the plains. Yes. Was his statement. Yes, but they could be green. Green. My whole deal, everything is based on... No fossil fuels. Right, right. But they're so... I don't know. I don't think this is the right word. When I call them two faced, that's how I feel. It's like, hey, you need to be as green as you can. But, oh, we don't want to see those ugly solar panels. That's awful. That's, you know, that's, that's repugnant. City of Boulder, they have so much solar power feeding City of Boulder. But do you guys, does anyone here know where their grid is at? I know we've talked yeah, about we've, it on we've, here before. We've talked about it on here. Greeley. It's, it's yeah. Greeley. Greeley, Colorado. Their solar, Boulder's solar electricity comes from Greeley, Colorado. Because, you know, Greeley probably looks at them and charges an arm and a leg. It's like, hey, we'll take the money. Just because they're so dumb, they don't want to see these black panels. We don't care what it looks like. Yeah, but it's the it's the it is the two faced thing. Is I don't want to look that way, but I'll take all. You can look that way. Yeah, you can look. It's you okay could, for you, you to look, to look at that him. way. Boulder but, doesn't want to, but not me. So yeah. I'm better than you, right? Yeah, I'm right. better than you. It, yeah, it, it, we're we're. You know, I mean, I hate to say it. I, you know, I that's kind it. of the whole nation's like point of view. You know, that's why all of the batteries are processed in China. Because we won't have that industry here. Yeah, no. You it's, know, so, it's okay to yeah, Dave. You know, yeah. you'll mine the mine the ore, ship it all the way over to China to be refined, and then ship it all the way back. You know, as a refined yeah. product, and it just doesn't make sense. You know, these, it doesn't. These goods need to be produced close to home. Yeah, that's what's going to make us better. I mean, it's back to our oil and gas, Dave. And I, I just man, I know we're supposed to be closing all of this, but. I mean, New York is buying 9 million gallons of gas a month from India, right? 9 million gallons of gas a month from India. India doesn't produce oil, do they? No, sure they don't. They do. Russia Maybe does. a little, but, they, but they're buying all the oil from Russia, who we have a sanction against, not right. to support for their war with Ukraine, but we're supporting it because we're buying gas being processed from India. Now, let me ask you guys this. Who do you think would produce that, that gas cleaner? Who's going to refine that gasoline cleaner in the world? We would. The United States of America or India? Yeah. yeah. India and China are the two largest... Polluters. Yeah, polluters. Ozone-depleting countries in the world. Isn't Brazil right up there with them? They mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the ladies that happens to be running for president... Uh, Nikki. <sighs> Nikki... Haley. Haley. Nikki Haley is running for president. She and, just announced 12 her, days ago. Yeah, in her presidential speech two weeks ago when, when she announced, you know, she brought up, she's like, 
why are we buying so much oil from Venezuela when we have the natural resources right here? And she says, she even says it, her words. She, this is a woman who understands at a top level that we can produce those things cleaner, safer, better than any other country in the world. But because our government has tied our hands, we're not allowed to do that because that is just not considered green anymore. Yeah, we're and buying their dirty oil. Yes, we are supporting pollution being created elsewhere at double or triple what we're allowed to produce, and we would have the same product, safer, cleaner, and better in the world, but we're not allowed to. At, at what level does that just not make sense, right? Is it something only you know working people like us can understand, but someone higher up, we just don't see the bigger picture, right? You know, I don't want to get into the, the you know, just making it more and more and more political, but at that level, at, at our current governmental levels at the top, they don't understand that. They can't see that. Right. So anyway, I'm sorry. I got to get off my soapbox, but man, it it I was bogged down. I had an hour Zoom meeting yesterday that was all based on on these new air regulations that that our current Democratic Senate is proposing here in Colorado, and it's it's going to be a stranglehold. And it could come down. We may need permits in our yards, at our buildings. You know, if the wind blows and it's dusty. We may get fined for that. How do you how do you cure that? When at what point do we have to stop? And our government needs to listen to to reason. I guess that's what I'm looking for. Where is the reason in what we do? Absolutely. So you know what my third one is, Dave. Whip it on me, man. <laughs> Be grateful. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> I have to breathe uh, for that one because uh, I, I have a lot to be grateful for. <laughs> we all do, Dave, right? Yeah. According to research, those who have gratitude journals are more optimistic and feel better about their lives. Um, do the right thing. As an adult, you should definitely know the difference between right and wrong. I think that has a lot to do with accountability. Use your strengths. Remember your skills and talents are gifts. You know, I want to touch upon that, that... You guys driving the truck and being safe, that is a talent and a skill, and it is a gift. You know, some people are, you know, are you going to always find somebody better than you possibly? And But you, it's still a gift and it's a skill. So, you know, embrace that. Um, also on the same lines, address your weaknesses. Um, you should also be aware of your weaknesses. And, and I discover, discover mine every day. Sometimes I can address them and sometimes I just count on on uh, my teammates to help me through those. Um, we touched on this several times in the podcast today here. Take care of yourself. Exercise, eat healthy, get enough sleep, money, health, all that's important. Uh, kind of like this one. Be a hero. That doesn't mean you have to put on a pair of tights and a cape. It means helping an elderly neighbor with the groceries, opening the door for others, buying a cup of coffee for the person in front of you when her, her or his card gets declined, listening to a friend when his relationship has just ended. It's very simple to be a hero, you guys. Uh, pay attention to others. Don't feel, don't, it, doesn't it feel great when someone asks you how your day went? Try and do the same for others. And the last one here, forgive yourself and others. Humans make mistakes even when it's you who make the mistakes, and sometimes those mistakes really sting. However, instead of 
devoting your energy, holding on to the mistake, or feeling guilty, forgive the individual or yourself and focus on the future. Remember, revenge isn't good for your health. So that's it. Great. I like that, Jim. Like good it. stuff. Soup, you got any more final thoughts? I'm just going to touch base on the, the High Road Holland. Don't ever, ever um, overlook or take for granted the freedoms that you're afforded living in this wonderful country. You can choose who you want to marry. You can choose where you live. You can choose your job or your, your career. Man, there's places all over this world where nobody is free to do that. They choose everything for you. And, I mean, it's just the simplest things that are afforded to us here in the United States that make this place great and make people happy and, and appreciate those freedoms. Like yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, I think talking to, you know, the haven't done it a lot, but just talking to George about South Africa, mm-hmm. you know, he yeah. always he always comes to mind uh, talking to even even the exchange student, uh, you know, from Germany. I mean, Germany is a free country, you know, and they still have rules and stuff. Um, so yeah, your your freedoms here. I mean, Dave, we can. I mean, if you're if you're a man, you can identify as a woman. If you're anything, you, you <laughs> that's can, a freedom, isn't you, it? You can identify as a cat if yeah. you want to. You know, I think and, in Russia they'll arrest you if you're homosexual uh, in could, public or could, whatever. Could be, Dave. Yeah, I mean, Serge I guess told that's, me that once. He goes, "Oh, you can't do that in Russia. It's illegal." Sure, sure, yeah. and I guess that's you know, no matter how some of those freedoms might feel to you personally it's still a freedom yep i know japan's more lax on that than china so a lot of people from china well not a lot of people but a lot of gay people will try to move to japan oh Mm -hmm. it's accepted over there so so this morning 2 a.m i wake up and i'm just like i'm awake and try to fall asleep for a while but all these thoughts are rolling in my head but what about this and I got to do this and the podcast or this or that, you know, business things, personal things, my final thoughts. So I'm like, ah, since I'm up and I can't sleep, I might as well do my devotionals. If if you don't know what a devotional is, a devotional is like a spiritual reading that you set aside, you know, a specific time of the day if possible where <clears throat> you read the Bible. Usually there's an author for the devotional he'll or she'll give their opinion of what the scripture means and then you could see how to apply it to your life maybe pray on it stuff like that so last week i started a bible plan or a devotional called seven proverbs for leaders and then this morning's was just great and i thought it kind of lines up with some of the values we hear we have here at jfw so the name of the devotional was a good name and it starts off with a scripture it says a good name is more desirable than great riches and loving favor is better than silver and gold. And that's Proverbs 22, verse 1. The author goes and says, <clears throat> Avoiding shortcuts and not burning bridges are two ways of protecting your reputation. Being pleasant to deal with, regardless of how difficult the situation or how bad a deal goes, will ensure your reputation, your reputation stays in place. Being a leader, we rise and we rise or fall on our reputations. Leadership is not an excuse to lord it over others. It is a position from which to serve both individuals and organizations. How we do so will determine our reputation. The Bible places such things above material gain, 
and above precious jewels, we too should have the same perspective. We are the physical manifestation of God's love to the world, after all. Often people will judge God by how they see us. Protecting our reputation protects God's reputations. We are, after all, his representatives. All right, everybody. I guess we'll say the creed and get on out of here. Yeah. Let's do so it. Good things, everybody. Together, Together we, we face and overcome all that stands before us. Together, we are accident-free. Together, we joyfully create honest value for those we serve. Together, we celebrate our differences and respect those with whom we work. Together, we are accountable for our words and our actions. And together, we are the JFW family. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah. Later.